Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 272 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host and the founder of Sifted, and I'm here to talk to you about the biggest and the brightest from the video game industry for the last seven days. And this time, it is actually seven days. This is the second Tuesday in a row. We're ready to do a show. Here alongside me to do that is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. Actually has, had some stuff to play this week. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff to play. We have a great show for you guys today, actually. We have several games, tons of big topics, a huge Nintendo Direct that we're going to mm-hmm. discuss. Like, huge. Nintendo and Sony finally kind of like, you know, jumped in. It was like, oh, yeah, here's some we stuff. Have to, we have to release here's stuff. some stuff to yeah. look forward to, sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, fall is here. Yeah. Um, I noticed because yesterday I got up and started working and it was dark. Yes, it's uh, very weird and gloomy and brown here because all the smoke from Oregon has finally it's gotten finally down here. finally made it here. Um, and then I worked all day, and then it got dark again. So. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on Saturday, was it Saturday? What day was it? Yeah, Saturday I went downtown to uh, um, to check out uh, our, our friend Kevin. He's, he does floral arrangement, and he had a, yeah, yeah. He, he was doing a, a he demo. Used to, he used to be a game developer. Yeah. He, he worked on the, some Sp- of the Spider-Man, Spider-Man games. games. The old yeah. Activision Spider-Man games, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you liked Web of Shadows or Shattered Dimensions, you can thank him for that. Uh, also, he's the one who brought uh, Spider-Ham back at the end of Shattered Dimensions and voiced him. He uh, voiced him? He voiced him for oh, the I one line. The one line he did, yeah. Um, so, which is, and Shattered Dimensions, like, uh, that's where the idea for the Spider-Verse stuff came from. Like, wow. that's where that's so... He has. He actually did influence the Spider mythos in a way that very few of us can ever claim. And that was the first return of Spider Ham in like twenty years. Wow! So you like into the Spider Verse? Some of that goes back to Kevin, but he has started doing flower arrangement as which his is such an job. odd. He's like seven years. He's like seven years into into training an Ikebane, uh, uh Japanese floral arrangement technique, uh-huh. and um, he was he was out doing like a demo of it. You can find him as uh, the flower monger. Yeah, that's on, his uh, kind of handle that he's going by, right? Yeah, very fancy stuff he does. It's crazy um, the yeah, stuff that he does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was doing that downtown, and, and at five o'clock he was you know packing up. He's had like an outdoor bazaar kind of thing, and like it was time to pack up, and it started to rain. It was raining in downtown LA. What? It was sunny out. <laughs> it was still daytime, but it was raining. That for like bizarre. just the amount of time it took us to pack the car up, and then it stopped. I haven't seen rain six months, five months, yeah, and then I went home, and it never rained the whole time I was on the East Coast either. So I've not mm. seen rain for almost half a year at this point. Mm. Welcome to California and LA. <laughs> yeah, weird here now. It is, uh, but anyway, we are in fall. Like, it is officially, well, in a couple of days, it'll be October, but we are in Q4, um, and so all the big games are about to come out. I looked at, I'm working on Dossier for October right now, so I was looking ahead at, like, the next couple of months, and we're good. This show is going to be awesome for the rest of the year. There's going to be at least a couple big games in every single episode of Game Face going forward, um, and we're here every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. For those of you listening to the podcast version of the show. Maybe you'd want to tune in and watch the video version at some point. Uh, we're here every Tuesday, ready to rock it. Uh, not a ton of housekeeping to get into this week. Uh, one thing is we are asking for questions for Pactor Factor right now. We actually haven't messaged that out via, via Twitter yet, uh, but there are links up at sifted.net right now. There are links at on our YouTube channel under the community tab right now. Um, and when I get out of here today, uh, we'll send it out via Twitter, and you can reply to that tweet once it goes out as well. Uh, but yeah, we're recording new f- episodes of Pactor Factor on Thursday, so you have about a day and a half-ish 
to get those questions in because it takes some time for me to go through them all and pick the ones for the show and then get them all organized and get them in a document for Pactor. Pactor never looks at questions beforehand. He has never done that. Mm. I don't understand the strategy behind that, but that's how he prefers to do it. Um, maybe he feels like it makes his answers more off the cuff. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that he likes the spontaneous element yeah. of it and that he doesn't want to... He wants it to be his, like, I guess his honest opinion rather than like a, a contrived, like some kind of research thing. Pre-ordered yeah. type of deal. Uh, so whenever you get the answers from Pac-Man, he's not researching that stuff. He's not like looking into it beforehand. He's getting the question right there for the first time and answering it for you guys. So anyway, as I said, at sifted.net, you can ask questions. There is something on the homepage right now. There's a link up in the header. You can get to the spot where you ask for questions. And again, at uh, youtube.com slash siftedgames, if you click the community tab there. Uh, there's a place where you can ask questions. And our YouTube crew does a great job asking questions. Um, we've ended up taking tons of questions from that audience uh, over the last 12 months or so. They're doing a great job. Uh, so if you're on YouTube and you're watching Game Face, thank you. You guys are doing an awesome job keeping fact Pactor Factor going because without you guys, there is no Pactor Factor. I've actually pondered like changing Pactor Factor drastically and mm-hmm. just making it almost like a call and response thing with him with he and I, but I want to keep myself out of as much stuff as I can. Like, I'm already all over sifted. Like, I'm in enough stuff. Um, but the show, you know, the show's now like five, six years old. It ran for five or six years before that. Um, so I'm always thinking about ways to maybe switch up the format a little bit. But I like having uh, the audience involved. And uh, so I'm trying to think along those lines. How can we keep people involved um, and still make the show interesting and something that you guys want to watch? Uh, let's go through some stuff here on the chat. A bunch of you guys subscribe via Twitch Prime. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of dropped the ball on that last week. We also did no Q&A last week because the show ran way over. Um, mm-hmm. I could definitely tell I was a little off my game after being away for a week, getting the timing of the show done. I promise you we'll do Q&A at the end of, of the show today, along with Name That Game, which has turned into a favorite segment for a lot of you guys. Um, let's see. Um, Zach Wills, thank you for Twitch Prime. McWomble, thank you for Twitch Prime. Good to see you're watching live all the way in Europe. Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, who else got in here? Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, I think that's it. Oh, nope, Iviz, thank you for Twitch Prime. And a bunch of people did it while we were gone, too. Um, but there's literally like 20 people. I'm not going to go through them all. Uh, but it's really important for us. So, again, people watching the show on YouTube, if you can't afford to help us at patreon.com slash sifted, um, that's a great way to support us. It's free. Um, you can give us a free $2.50 every month. The instructions are in the description down below. It matters to us. Um, I know some Patreons or outlets, it's just a bonus. Like, we need that revenue, and our numbers have been down for the last couple of months. So, really, I'm just asking you if you can take – it literally takes five seconds. Once you've connected your accounts, it takes five seconds, and it's like two clicks. Um, if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, particularly our YouTube audience uh, who may probably and probably isn't um, helping us out at patreon.com slash sifted. I totally get it. I've been broke throughout my life at different points. So I totally understand if you can't help, but it's free. Uh, so if you have Twitch Prime, hook it up. Again, instructions are down in the description. I think with that, we're ready to rock it out. We're going to kick things off with probably the biggest release of the week, although I wish we could have talked about it last week, but the show is so stinking loaded mm-hmm. um, that we just we had so much to get through that we kind of pushed it till this week. And that game is Kana. <laughs> have we agreed on how we're going to say yeah, it? It's going to go with Kana, I think. <laughs> Kana, Bridge of Spirits. It is a PlayStation console exclusive. It's also available for PC, um, and it is playable on both PS4 and PS5. I don't. 
There aren't many just PS5 games. No. Um, only been, what, four at this point? Demon's Souls and... Ratchet. Ratchet and... Returnal. Uh, Returnal, yeah. And that might be it. I think that's it. Yeah. Hopefully we get more of those. Godfall got a PS4 version. What'd you say? Godfall got a PS4 version, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. I think those are the only ones so far. And as time goes on, we'll get more of those. Um, but I do feel like when they first showed this, I don't remember if they were completely upfront about it being a PS4 game as well. Um, although now that I've played it, it's visually it's not really worthy of being a PS5 exclusive. So I can understand mm-hmm. why it came out for both. It might as well come out for both. Um, it is a traditional action adventure. Matt, I, I, we don't get to play these very often anymore. No. Like it's this genre that used to dominate the industry. And now it's just kind of, it's not that it's fallen by the wayside. It's morphed into the action RPG for the most part. Mm-hmm. And this game does have some very light RPG elements. There are upgrades that you get throughout the game. I think yeah, I counted them. There were like 12 or something total. I think it's 16. There's 16? four categories and four upgrades per. And then actually there's another there's line the of three. There's three for yeah. the rot that you can yeah, get so as well. so there's like 19. Okay, that's not too bad. No, they're very gated, and some of them are not particularly exciting, right. I would say. But, yeah. like, yeah, they're there. I mean, it's about the same, same level of upgrades you get in, like, a Zelda game. Yeah. Except a little more point-based as opposed to pro- progress-based. Um, An old, old Zelda game. Yeah, they're channeling a lot of Zelda in this. Mm-hmm. Um, channeling classic Zelda, Ocarina yeah. of Time Zelda. Yeah. Um, and they do fine. Like, it's... it's uh, like this game is entirely fine. Like it's <laughs> like they achieve, I think, mostly of what they're trying to do in most of it. They don't really excel at anything in it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy playing it. Like yeah. it's it's very charming and pleasant, which is funny to say about a game that is as bleak as this is. <laughs> and like like everyone's dead in this game except her. Maybe well, let's explain the plot so and the story briefly because you don't have to explain it very long. Yeah. Kina is Kena, Kina, however you want to say it. In the yeah, game, they by say, the way, they say it like three different ways. By in the, the way, the game says it multiple yeah, different ways. She says it Kena. Yep. The little kids you meet early on say Kina. Kina. Yeah. And then uh, and then like a couple of the other characters say Kena. Kena. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go with the one that she says because yeah. it's her name. She knows what what her name is. I've never seen a game before where the protagonist is pronounced multiple ways ever. Yeah, I don't. That's a weird thing. That's, that's uncommon. Usually, you <laughs> pick uncommon. one. Usually, you tell the voice director what you want before you record everybody. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, as Matt said, this is kind of a Zelda clone, but again, before Breath of the Wild, because this game is not an open world game. No. Um, although there isn't a lot of loading in it. No, I mean you you do traverse the realm like pretty openly. It's just yeah. you're just going down. It's it's an open world game in the way like the old fable, the first fable was. That's a good way to know? put it. Like, yeah. And the world's not that big. No. The game's not that the game's big. Game's not that big. It's 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 really like three main things and one final push. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's it's about as long, you know, I'm I'm not done with it, but it it feels like I can see it starting to wrap up and it's like it feels about as long as it should be. I finished it. It's about 8 hours, I would yeah. say roughly. Um, doesn't put up a ton of resistance. There's no. one particular attack that you get, and I don't want to spoil it because I, I honestly played through the first half of the game before I realized it was OP. And then once I did, it made the rest of the game a cakewalk, including the bosses. There is one attack in the game that just kind of ruins the balance 
Um, it not only is it a devastating attack as far as damage output, it also staggers enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're fighting bosses, it's really valuable. Yeah, it's it was surprising to me that that worked on bosses. It does. Uh, yeah, because um, a lot of times they disable it. Yeah, a lot of times fights. bosses are immune to sort of the, those kind of effects of things. Like you'll take they'll take the damage, but they won't have the effect. On it. But yeah. no, everybody everybody takes the stagger in this one. Yep. Um, as Matt said, this game is not full of surprises. No. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. I would say it's a paint by the numbers action adventure game. A little it, bit, but like it's 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 achieved in a in a, at a level of competency that is a little beyond that. I would say like not that they don't bring a lot of new like this game doesn't bring a lot of new ideas to the table, but it does execute the old ones very solidly. Yeah, this is the first video game from this studio. Yeah, it used to be just an animation studio, and you can see that right now. Oh yeah, the the, the animation and is the, there. Yeah, the visuals are second to none. The character work is second to none. Like. You know the Kena's face is like um, really emotive, very emotive. Like she has a default expression to how when she reacts to things that you pick up on eventually. Like the work is definitely there, uh, and uh, the only thing that I find weird or a little off-putting is like the fact that the cute little things that accompany you are called rot. I know. Like, Why it's, is it's, that? It's, I mean, I I never quite got the thematic hook on that. Like I was like, because they're. Do they decay? Because they don't seem to decay things. They, they don't seem explain to, it in the game either. Yeah, they seem to like rest- help you restore things by getting rid of rot. But I don't know. I, I, I that was confusing <laughs> to me. But it's not very important. Well, but. right now you can't see them because this is very early in the game, and we try to keep our B-roll to the first hour or two of every game, so as to not spoil anything. Um, but there are these little creatures. You saw them in the cinematics um, that we just showed. They're these little creatures that are kind of like Pikmin. Yeah, there's a Pikmin element to this. There is. Sure. Yeah, so they're, they follow you around, and again, you can't see them now, but by, by the time you get to the end of the game, there's an army of like 40 of them that are following you around everywhere. And it's pretty cool how they interact with the environment. Like, they'll run ahead mm-hmm. of Kana and like jump on a formation of rocks and will be on the rocks before she gets there, and then they'll do the little yeah. thing when she runs like, by. Like, hang out and do like funny things, or they'll like help you lift stuff to get new new bonus thing. You use them to interact to get like. You That's know, the real like Pikmin stuff, yeah. Because you can tell can them p- to pick up a big pick object, pick stuff up, and take it over here, solve yeah. puzzles and stuff. Like there is, there's definitely some light Pikmin action in this. Yep. Um, but and then you give them hats. I, I haven't quite figured out what the point of that is. It's just cosmetic. Yeah. There's no. It's just fun. But it's a big element of the game. Yeah, it's a big element of the game. It's also like the only thing to spend money on. Right. Like there's nothing else. You just gotta. It's just to make them all look different, I guess. And sometimes you'll go like way out of the way. And you'll find this chest. And sometimes the chests, when you go to open them, they're actually rigged. And it starts off like an arena battle where you mm-hmm. have to kill all the enemies. So you think, like, whatever's in that chest is going to be really good. You go to open it, it's a hat. It's a hat, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. There's certain things about this game that tip the hand of the studio that it hasn't made a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one example is I ran into a puzzle where you come up to a door. And it's in the earlier part of the game. And what you learn at the first hour is that you find these pads, you get to them, and then you hit, like, her... What is her ability called where she spent, sends out, like, the blue burst? Uh, like the pulse thing. The pulse yeah. thing, yeah. And she pulses, and sometimes it unlocks stuff. It'll give you, like, currency or whatever. There's lanterns everywhere that mm-hmm. have... If you pulse around them, the currency will fall out of them. But you learn that, like, you stand on these pads, and you hit the pulse, and then a lot of times it unlocks doors. Um, well, there's this one that I came to, and you, this one in particular, you stand on the pad, it sinks down. Mm-hmm. And then, like, lights will appear, like, around the door. They'll light up. 
And you're like, okay, I need to figure out a way to put something on this pad and then go up to the door and use the pulse and the door will open. No, that's not how that puzzle works. You stand there and pulse. No, you don't. There's a rock over on the side. And so you're like, oh, that's what I need to put on the pad to hold the pad down so I can then run up to the door, pulse the door, and the door will open. So I did that. I used the, the Pikmin, the rot, to carry the rock over to the pad, set it on there. It's not heavy enough to press in the pad. And as it turns out, instead, there's a little, like, formation of rocks, like, up mm-hmm. on the hill. And you have to carry the, you have to have the Pikmin, the rot, carry it up and put the rock in the center of the formation. And the sinking pad doesn't matter. No. I didn't. I didn't have that confusion. I, it does not explain a lot of things weirdly. And even it kind of throws you in the middle of stuff right out from the beginning. It's yeah, not it's a just, lot of tutorial stuff. A lot of games will build will be, logic with the player over right. time, and which will teach you what you should be thinking about doing or yeah. doing. Well, I mean, I think it did do that with that puzzle because from because what that is because the, the rock you have to move has a crystal on it, and it mm-hmm. kind of basically like relays your pulse to the crystal on the door that opens it. And I felt like I was taught that. I, I the, did not. The only problem the only problem I had there was trying to find where rock. I was supposed to put the rock. And uh, there, always, yeah. there always is a little, like, kind of mess of, like, rock crystal, like, debris. Like which a little is where formation, to go. Yeah. There's a few more puzzles like that later that are a little clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I didn't I didn't have that because I'd already kind of felt I'd been taught that, like, you have to – there has to be a clean relay from here to here. The prob- the place I had a problem with was um, uh, it was a – it was in a swamp thing. And you had to put one to – yeah, you, know, you, you stand on the pad, and these and the crystal things rise out of the swamp, and then you have to put a rock in the middle there, where there's like you know another debris field, and that will chain it. And I was like, I did that, I did that. and what happened was there was the it was also not chaining to the right side, and there was another rock that was behind like a plant that I didn't uh. see, and I I had to put two of them there, and didn't realize it. And the problem was that when you pulse, the the crystals do pulse back a little bit, but apparently. There's a difference between just reacting to the pulse and being pulsed to the point of being able to open the door. And so it was pulsing because it was getting the, 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 the pulse hit, but it wasn't getting the energy transfer from the thing. So I was like, well, I'm hitting it. Why isn't it opening? And like, I didn't realize I needed another place there, another rock there, basically. Uh. Um, I ran into little stuff like that, but otherwise, like... Yeah, it's fine. It, it, nothing particularly difficult. Um the boss battles tend to be, uh, at least the big boss battles, have been, the two I've done have been, uh, mo- you know, enjoyably challenging. Like, they, you know, they, they make you use most of the stuff you've learned. Um, They're all the same. Yeah. Every, in fact, there's, what, three enemy types in this game? And then the bosses are basically all the same, except they'll have, like, an accessory. Mm-hmm. Like so a, the enemy variety in this game's really yeah. Lacking. I mean, the major boss, but like the big boss, like the big big bosses, the the characters you're supposed to be rescuing from the limbo, like mm-hmm. that was you know like Tuco. They're all the same pretty much. I didn't think Tuco was the same really. No, he's he's the only one that's different. Yeah, those bosses are the different. Yeah, the other, but the the mini bosses you run into are just like okay, here's a big dangerous. Is that the tree monster? Bigger dangerous version of the tree guy, yeah. or a bigger dangerous version of this, whatever, or the flying guys. But yeah, there's like flying guys. No, I forgot about the flying standard, guys. There's the monkeys. Standard monkeys. Standard enemy. Tree standard monster, enemy with shield. Shield guy. Um, couple more, there's couple like, like five, there's six. Like, yeah, there's like a couple yeah. that are like bigger, more more like aggressive. And like, these guys right here, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. There aren't many. No, you fight the same enemies over and yeah, over. They're all... Uh, you're, you're not going to see... You see like maybe one new enemy in each air, major area, I would say. Maybe. And, like the flying guys show up. and you, know, you get these guys early on. And we get to like the the first major quest to rescue somebody. You run into the uh, 
the flying guys for the first time because they have to give you the bow before you can deal with them. Mm-hmm. And like basically that's what happens. You, you get an enemy that sort of you need to use your new ability from that area to deal with them. Here's the Pikmin stuff about we were it. talking about. Um, you just direct them to pick up an object, and then you direct them where you mm-hmm. want them to take it. But um, like generally, I think it's I think it's all fine and very pleasant, and I like exploring stuff and finding stuff, even though what you find tends to not be like amazing. Yeah, like that. Like you said the hat thing is sort of like, oh, I did all that and I got a hat. Yeah, you know? or I got money to buy another hat, kind of thing. Right. You don't even get the hat when you get the hat. It just becomes for sale in the, in hat the store. Shop. Yeah. yeah, which is weird. Like the fact that you, the whole hat thing, I don't even understand why it's in there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, no I mean it's cute. It seems but, like they had bigger ideas for it and like just couldn't get it done yeah, and just said, well, we'll just leave them in for cosmetics. Yeah, I mean, it's cute, but it's like you're kind of early on, you're kind of waiting for it to do, do something, something and it yeah. doesn't. And then there's another element that I'm not a fan of. Like you, you get these kind of orbs that appear on these plants. And when you do that, your rot kind of turn into this gelatinous, almost like snake creature. Yeah, and you and that which actually, is said to be their original form, right? And so I guess they're a dragon. I don't know because as you get more, they become more and more dragon-like when that's, they're in that. That's form. true. And then that's also very much like Pikmin because you're controlling yeah. Kana and you're controlling the gelatinous dragon. Thing yeah, and and the control the of Kana is completely at the mercy of controlling the dragon. Right, like because, it's very awkward. Yeah, because she has to face it at all times. Yeah. And like so the only way to turn her is to make the drag make the, the rot pass you and go the direction you want to go. Yep. It is it's a little it could have used like one more pass yeah. on how that worked somehow. The whole game is gated by corruption. So mm-hmm. you've seen in this B roll there's these Just like, like the game industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got, there are these, like, I got a little Jim Sterling in there for a second. Sorry. There are like these red plants. Um, that gate everything. They're like vines or thorns or whatever. And there's different ways to get rid of them. And what we were just talking about before with the gelatinous dragon, um, a lot of cases that's what you use that for. Because you can use it for attacks too. Um, you can use it to attack enemies even. I even There's a couple places in the game where I use it to fight a boss at yeah. one point as well, or a sub-boss anyway. Very effective. The, here comes the, the dragon that Matt and I were talking about, the gelatinous dragon. Dragon, dragon. Rock the dragon. So you can use, once it spawns, you can use it to attack. Yeah, but for some reason, you can't use it too close to that thing, which is... Yeah, it is it. weird. You can use it to attack, or you can use it to clear out corruption. And that's really how the whole game keeps you from just running through the whole world. There'll be vines covering a way forward, you got to figure out how to get to it to basically wipe out the corruption. And then, as we said earlier, Kana is kind of like the cop of purgatory. She mm-hmm. Her job is to release these souls that have been trapped in purgatory, basically. Yeah, so sort of like spirit fair. A little bit, yeah. Without a boat yeah. and a bigger stick. It would be. I would love to hear a parent explain the plot yeah. of this game to their kids. <laughs> so there's these people that are dead, but they're not really dead. And so, like, I mean, she's basically helping ghosts... Move get to the on other to side. The, next, the other side. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is again maybe a little heavy for the younger kids because you look at this yeah. game, it looks like it should be for like five to like ten year olds, uh, but some of the themes are a little somewhat. But I mean, we watched Ghostbusters when we were kids. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I watched a lot of stuff when I was a kid that I shouldn't have watched. My parents didn't care for the most part. We would go down to the Rite Aid <laughs> drugstore and rent movies. Did they do that here in California? No, we had actual video stores. Well, we had yeah. those too, but <laughs> but Rite Aid would rent video. Yeah, tapes. I mean, I'm pro- I'm sure they did. I don't. Rem- I did not spend a lot of time in a Rite Aid. And they had all the. I was living in a small town. Yeah. And they had all the most hardcore horror movies in there, like the like the blockbusters or whatever. Wouldn't rent them. We went to Rite Aid. They had all of them. 
So we would go in there and we'd rent all these horror movies. They never checked. They didn't care how old we were. We were like eight, like renting these <laughs> almost X-rated horror movies. I think Day of the Dead actually did get an X rating. Uh, there's a version of it that did, and we yeah. rented that in there. So, they well, did you see the? You said that Twitter video was going around of this the little girl who loves Michael Myers from Halloween, no. and it's her birthday, and they and she's like on a porch like with her balloons, and everything. No, and they start playing the music, and she like looks around, and he comes out from behind like a back the back of a parked car, and she like freaks out and goes and runs and hugs him. No and way! He, like, and he like gives her like a basket of presents <laughs> and stuff, and it's like she loves Michael Myers. Like, that is bizarre. <laughs> she's, she's like six. Yeah. Six or seven. She just loves Michael Myers. She doesn't get it yet. Um, we, we, our role models are who they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so as we said earlier, Kena is about eight hours long. But here's the thing. It's only 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's priced exactly right. Um, maybe a little high for eight hours of play. I don't see any reason to go back and play this again. Can you think of anything? Any I mean, I, you play I could see myself doing it again just because I enjoyed like the aesthetics of it and the and it was a pleasant experience. But not much is um, going to change. You're not going to get a new experience. You, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't play this until I'd forgotten most of it. You know yeah, because I mean? even if you decide to go a different way down the skill tree, yeah, there's, Matt, no, there's not enough variety. To right, make a as Matt alluded to earlier, the skill tree, most of the stuff is pretty subtle. Um, yeah. There are a couple exceptions, like the one upgrade I got. Like instead of firing one arrow, you'd fire five. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some of them are just buffs, basically. Yeah, it's like oh, your shield lasts a little longer, right? Or, yeah, you, you know that kind of thing. So there's not a ton of incentive to uh, play it again, uh, but it is eight hours, and I enjoyed it all the way through. It never dragged. It's paced really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep pushing you forward into new and interesting places, even if the enemies that are there are generally all the same. The story's fine. It's, I mean, whatever. It's mm-hmm. it doesn't get too deep into the whole supernatural part no, of it. Really, there's like good moment. You know, the character work is good because they are a CG company. But like, you know, the, the character work is good when like she has to say goodbye to some of the characters mm-hmm. that are going you know, going away to the wherever they're going to the next other side or whatever. Um, like they get that across, I think, for the most part, in, in ways that are better than a lot of other games do. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's there's some even if it's just because the animation carries it because the, these characters express themselves so well, like physically. Yep. Um, take note, Square. Yeah, for sure. Like this is this is how you make an actual scene between two two uh, sad characters. And then the music, basically all woodwinds. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. as you might expect, lots of flutes that twirl and swirl as they often do. Um, the music's definitely whimsical. It fits it, but again, it's just it's exactly what you expect the music to sound like. Yeah, there's not a lot of surprises in this game. But in like, general, yeah. sometimes like sometimes that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just exactly what you think it's going to be. This is like a comfort food game. Yeah, for sure. It, it's not too demanding. It's not it's too difficult. It's a macaroni and cheese. It's a craft dinner of, <laughs> of video games. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. It was kind of refreshing to play a simple game for once. Yeah. I really, and I really think that, like, like... Your armor build or whatever. Yeah. And I really think that Ember Labs, like, their next game, I think is going to be a home run. I would I, think, I, I would think. agree with you. I think this is an auspicious debut for this yeah. studio. Um, and they're not very big. No. And it made a pretty darn good game with a small team. Yeah, I would this... not be surprised if they get a bigger budget for their next yeah. project. Like I, th- I think every dollar they spend is on the screen in this game. Yeah. Like, it's it, they did a good job. And it was delayed a little bit, yeah. but it's a it's... new studio. So, yeah, I think this studio could go on to do some pretty big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, visually, presentation-wise, it doesn't look like an indie game. No. It's not 
it doesn't look like a PS5 game either, but no, it looks but like a good PS4 yeah, game. Yeah, and it's got its moments. Yeah. Like, you know, every once in a while, you're, we're running through a couple sections of, like, the forest or whatever, and you're like, wow, like, that looks really good. Like, the, the shadows are sharp and nice, and, mm-hmm. and like, you can really kind of, you, inf- you know, I, I, I always say, like, you know someone nailed the lighting when you know what a place smells like. Yeah, and like a couple couple places, you come out of like a little thicket or something in, in this game, and you're like, oh yeah, I know I know what that smells like right now because the light, the quality of the light just sells the reality of the place in a way that very few other games do. You know, like uh, San Andreas, uh, 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 GTA Five does that. I was I yeah. used to talk about that. Like, there's a certain intersection near Santa Monica in GTA Five where every time I go there, I can smell like the restaurants that are on that <laughs> corner, and so you know, it's just, or when you get near the ocean, the beach, yeah, yeah. I always kind of think that all the summer breeze blowing off the Pacific mm-hmm. Ocean. Yeah, I totally get that. You think we'll ever have smell vision Matt, in games? I don't need that. Is that something that. you'd be interested no, in? No, I don't need that. Like <laughs> my my brain can do that all by itself, thank you. I don't need I don't need to know what uh I don't know John Romero thinks hell smells like. Nobody nobody wants that. <laughs> uh let's see. I'll just want to thank a couple people. Mike's Q, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um Darmus, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh if you guys have any questions about Kina Feel free to ask, but it's really, it's a low risk thing. It's only forty bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, two thumbs up from both of us, right? Like we both recommend purchasing it at forty bucks, full yeah, price. I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not feel bad if you bought it, and I think you'd be happy with it too. Not Cirque, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. Um, Sneaky says there was a game a while back with a device for your nose. Yeah, I remember the that. There was yeah. like they're trying to do it like four years ago, I think. There was like this proprietary yeah technology. it was that it's kind of around the same time as they were trying to you know doing those like those immersion vests that punched you when you got shot and stuff you know, it's yeah. like okay like it's sort of i feel like the same way i do about like you know like the the haptic feedback on the controller where it's just like okay cool idea but like stop putting footsteps in in my hands that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me tactically <laughs> like i don't it's, the other thing uh, too is like most things from video games i don't want to smell i don't know i don't like, want to smell rotting corpses no, like I don't. Cool. I don't want to smell. Okay uh, I don't want to smell Diablo. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to smell uh, what Ratchet and Clank. Was, I don't want to smell like what Ratchet smells like after running I don't need around to smell with that brimstone fur. Brimstone, or yeah, I don't. I don't need to smell Sonic the Hedgehog's wet fur. I don't need to know what the hell Mario smells like after running around through sewer pipes all day. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's one thing I that I always notice when I'm watching like TV shows and film that characters never remark on the smell. Mm-hmm. They never do. Like, I watch The Walking Dead all the time. I'm, like, one of the less, last people left watching the final season of it or whatever. And You are The Walking Dead now. I am now, yes. I am the zombie that's yeah. still watching that show. And uh, they never talk about the smell. Yeah. Very rarely will they even do, like, the, like the mm-hmm. emote. I guess they're used to it by now. But, uh, <laughs> like, no, you'd be they'll a walk res- into a room that's full of rotting, rotting corpses, corpses. And they just walk in. They're like, la-dee-dee. They stand there and go back and forth for like five minutes and have a discussion. I'm like, what are <laughs> you doing? Like most people walk in, they'd be like, ugh, let's have this conversation outside. But uh, yeah, I don't think smell-o-vision is something that most people want in games. No, it could- like, even like stuff like, like, do you want to know what Star Wars smells like? You ever seen anybody take a shower in Star Wars? No. These guys all smell terrible, I'm sure. Well, imagine like all the creatures, what they oh, smell yeah. like and everything. <laughs> No, thanks. I'm sure Jabba is not pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ice Q says, Kina and Ratchet feel like video games, like the pure soft form of a non-revolutionary but highly polished, refined, fun video games. And I feel like that has been missing or rare these days. I'd agree with that, Mike's mm-hmm. Q. Like, there's a purity about Kena. Yeah. Um, it's just not bogged down by all the rot 
that mm-hmm. has kind of piled up on top of video games. The feature creep and yeah. the bloat. Like it doesn't need to have crafting. It doesn't need to have a cooking system. It doesn't. I don't need, have you know, to like build an armor set and yeah. make sure that all my armor pieces are from the same set so yeah. that they or, synergize. Or and collect like, all the 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 mining stuff that lets me make the armor for you know. It's yeah. A, yeah, you know, and I enjoy, I do enjoy a lot of so that do stuff. I. But, but it's like, nice to get a break. It's nice right? to just be play. It's not. It's nice to just play a game. Yeah. Um. So we both enjoyed Kena Bridge of Spirits. Uh, again, it's available for PS4, PS5, and PC. You think it'll ever come to Xbox? I don't think so. I think Sony's too tied up in this. You think thing. they put in a bunch of money for this? I think they might have. I wouldn't be surprised if they bought the company too. I wouldn't be surprised either if they acquire them. Um. For especially because like they just seem to fit the Sony aesthetic, like that expressive you know, character storytelling stuff. Like, it just feels like they would fit the family. You know? Someone on YouTube on the comment for last week's episode, they actually hit it, hit a nail on the head that we had not thought about or discussed about PlayStation in last week's show. And that is that PlayStation's exclusives are all very the same. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all third-person, character-driven action games. Um, and you look at what you're getting from Xbox or from Nintendo... You're getting a much wider breadth of genres among those exclusive games. With PlayStation, they are all pretty much character-driven third-person action games, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I totally forgot who left that comment. I apologize to you. Um, I wish I could call out your name because that was really insightful and something that we, at least me personally, has has missed. Um, their games are very samey. They're exclusives. Yeah. Well, they're like in terms of sort of like presentationally what they are, but like you know, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of overlap in terms beyond that of like, you know, uh, the stupid zombie game of the motorcycles name I just forgot. Days, Days gone, gone with like God of War, but it's or also like, a third person edgy action yeah, game with I, some RPG stuff. I'm not stuff. remotely doing the same thing in either of those games. Like I don't, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, like they are third person story driven open worldish games. Uh, for sure, you know, yeah, Sony has a brand for sure, but like, I certainly don't feel like if I've played God of War, I sh- I don't need to play Days. I mean, I don't feel like I need to play Days Gone at all. But uh, I I don't feel like if I played one of those games, I played the other ones. No, I agree with that as well. And they are they tend to be spread out enough mm-hmm. that you're ready to play another one by the time one comes out. Uh, but if you think back to like PS3, PS2 era, they were hitting all of it. They were checking all the boxes. They had shooters and all yeah. these other games that they worked on, and they've just gotten rid of all of those in yeah. favor of this one kind of template. Yeah, it works. It does. Well, I mean, that's, it's obviously it's working. working a lot better than Killzone and, and uh, Resistance did. That's true. So yeah, I wouldn't mind point. seeing a Resistance collection at some point. But yeah, like a remastered Insomniac's collection. Insomniac's making like five games at once, so I guess they got other yeah, shit to I, do. I, and I prefer that they work on that stuff. Yeah, but, but I feel like you could hand that to somebody point, and sort of I mean, put something together. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's plenty of studios that are good at doing I that. I just like to see stuff like... You know, I'm not a huge fan of Resistance or, or, or Killzone, but I wouldn't mind seeing them get rescued mm-hmm. from the the PlayStation 3 limbo. Yep, there's a lot of games that are stuck on PS3 yeah. because Sly of Cooper. yeah, because of the cell processor. Infamous, like get Infamous yeah. over here. I will. I admit, for a very brief flash second, at uh, the beginning of that Spider-Man trailer when the when the electricity was hitting the pole. I was like, are they doing Infamous? Is Infamous coming back? I'm like, no, it was Miles. So that was one of his ability. signature powers yeah. in that game. Anyway, going back to what started this whole tangent is that this studio fits right in line yeah. with PlayStation. They're making third-person action games, um, character-driven I stuff. I mean, they definitely have proven they can do... 
Like, this is a great audition to make one of those big AAA Sony games. Yep, exactly. And so, as Matt said, I would not be surprised yeah. if this and, is an acquisition target. And Sony just got rid of Bend, pretty much. So they, yeah. they, they need a new... Uh, yeah, they're just like... They need a new body in that Developers for hire at this point. Yeah. They're just getting tossed onto whatever project needs help. So, um, And obviously, the bet on games from this studio is much lower than with games like Days Gone. So uh, I would not be surprised if mm-hmm. Ember Labs, that's their name, right? Uh, yeah, Ember Labs. Yeah, if they're acquired uh, pretty soon by PlayStation. I think a lot will depend, too, on if the game sells, if it resonates. Um, it'll be oh, interesting Oh, Bend is gone. What? Uh, Vince is saying they're making a new IP. Bend is not the company it once was at all. Yeah. Uh, whatever whatever comes out of Bend next is not going to be something out of the studio that made Days Gone. It's yeah. It's going to be something. Because a lot of them are gone. Yeah. All they, the leaders are gone. Yeah. It's going to be a very different thing. What Bend is doing, I bet, is going to be a much smaller scale project than what Days Gone was. And rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I think Days I, Gone would have been a better game if it was just 35 or 40 hours long. True. I mean, there's, there's a, there was a lot of bloat there, but also I don't, I don't feel 100% comfortable blaming them entirely for that because I feel like there was a lot of confusion even going way to the top as to what that, was, what that project was supposed to be in the end. Well, if you and listen, you can feel it in the, in the final product. Well, if you listen to the interview that David Jaffe did with the guys from yeah. there, I mean, they were told over and over again that the game was bloated mm-hmm. and like they they mentioned that there was like a you know we call them walk-in talks but it was a walk-in talk in a golf mm-hmm. cart that lasted for like 15 minutes <laughs> and they were unable to see that that was a terrible idea mm-hmm. and like i think scott Rody, who handles all sony's first party studios great guy by the way came in and was like bro this, this is a 15 minute walk-in yeah. talk you got in here like that's some assassin's that. creed one stuff right yeah there. i mean they were they were unable to figure that out on their own yeah so I think the the weirdest the, the the biggest like giant red flag of that game you know just kind of hindsight on that game is like how long it takes to get to the horde mechanics yeah where you can actually the exciting do part. the thing that they the, the they thing they showed the is the demo on. the first time they demoed yeah. it was like how you dealt with a horde and you don't get to that for like twenty five hours or yeah. something it's ridiculous it's, it is ridiculous so anyway uh, that's Kana Bridge of Spirits again that's two thumbs up from Matt and I forty bucks PlayStation four PlayStation five and PC. Pick it up. Oh, if you Sneaky's just firing off the nightmare scenarios now. Like what? Buying Quantic Dream to get a Detroit sequel? Oh, no. <laughs> well, he I'll said put, last week in chat he really liked a, Detroit. Ugh, so. I'll put a bullet through my PS5 before I put that <laughs> game on it. Different strokes for different folks. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about what was the biggest thing that happened this week. Because actually, Kena came out right before we did last week's episode. Yeah, it came like the day before, but we would have we got like three hours into yeah, it Yeah, which honestly would have been like half the game, but... <laughs> It was funny. I had play, I had actually played a couple hours of it before the show last week. I didn't realize how short it was going to be. I may have actually discussed yeah. it, but, but instead we got to discuss it together, which is always better. Yeah, I mean, I I am not going that fast at all. Like I'm exploring and taking my time. I'm probably at eight hours already halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So. All right. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the huge, shockingly huge Nintendo Direct that went down this week. Uh, Nintendo had just done one around E3 time. I, for that reason... I was not expecting a lot from this, and boy, was I pleasantly surprised. Nintendo, I mean, honestly, we'll get to this at the end about whether, you know, the PlayStation presentation or this was better or more exciting. I think that's a discussion. Um, but wow, uh, just last week, Matt, we, we were like, where the hell's Bayonetta 3? Mm-hmm. We were literally, we were like, what the hell is going on? Where is this game? Like five years later. Here it is. 
Finally, we got to look at what Bayonetta 3 really is. And it's Bayonetta. I figured that this is what it was going to be, but like when I first, when this started to roll, but I'm like, this would be hilarious if it turns out to be some like weird ass supernatural Japanese hack and slash game that has nothing to do with Bayonetta. I thought it was going to be a sequel to one of those style games that have already released for Switch. Yeah. Well, I mean, Platinum is all over the the billboards in the first shot. So I'm like, okay, it has to be Bayonetta. The thing that's interesting to me is. the main, you know, this is obviously a gameplay trailer, but the main focus is not on Bayonetta fighting things. It's about her commanding kaiju. Yes. Like, it feels like they kind of reworked Scalebound into this. There was a story yesterday that mentions that, yes, some of the ideas from Scalebound have mm-hmm. come over into this game. And I'm kind of excited about I that. I like that. Like, yeah. I, I thought that was cool. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm she's going to c- commanding giant monster. Like, that's a good way to, to mix it up there. I, I like yep. that. I liked what I saw here. Um, also, there's some kind of a system with like tattoos that she has on her back. Yeah. Which I haven't quite figured yeah, out. I'm what not sure that what's is. going on there, but and I saw a lot of complaints that people are like, wait a minute, her hair isn't covering her body anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a thing with the old bayonet is her hair was actually her outfit. Yeah, her clothes or her hair, yeah. And as she would attack, she would disrobe because she mm-hmm. would use her hair in the attacks and she would become partially nude. No one is surprised that for a Nintendo exclusive game that that has been removed. Are you surprised? No, I mean, also, like, it's 2021, and maybe we should move, move on, on from, from stuff that like that. Thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I don't, even I don't, today, I don't, I don't really that. have a problem with that. Like, I don't know. I don't have a problem with the female form. Um, that's not that's not a female form thing, though. That is a titillation, male fantasy, male gaze thing, like, and it doesn't need to be there. Uh, I thought it was clever. Also, they didn't take it away from 1 and 2 when they released them, so it's not like they're, like, erasing that. But, yeah, like, yeah. if she wants to wear actual clothing this time, I am fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's not a deal breaker by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. Uh, as Matt said, kaiju are a big part of this game. You control these massive creatures fighting against other massive creatures. It seems cool in a trailer. I'm not 100% sure that that's something that excites me to do a lot in a game. How do you feel about it, Matt? I don't know. Like, it's hard to say, like, how, you know, they show a lot of different giant monsters she's, she's controlling. Mm-hmm. But that might just be, like, big boss fights. Also, she seems to be doing like para para dancing to like <laughs> to like control it, which is very on brand, but also like extremely weird. Well, the tattoos also appear to be tied into the kaiju yeah. somehow, because that's what seems to be what summons this thing. In the yeah, I, I think you see a, you see like a spider one. Yeah, the spider one actually looks a lot like the first boss of Devil May Cry one. Yeah, it was like a, it's like a tarantula with a yeah, scorpion it tail. It does actually. Like yeah, it, and is it Virgil in this at the end? Is yeah, that it looks like that Virgil is? at the end from yeah. Devil May Cry. It looked like it to me, but that would have to be a Capcom team up, and I didn't see any yeah. Capcom logos. How does that? I don't know. And it's weird because they Unless, pause on. Yeah, it. there he is. Like, that looks a lot like the the yeah, Devil May Cry. Spider. A lot like it. Like a lot like it. Like the same. Except yeah. it has a scorpion tail too. I mean, the the, the Devil May Cry one had one. It was like oh, a did it? yeah, it was like a lava spider with a, it was like a lava spider with a scorpion tail. It was oh, like wow. a mix of those. Things. I forgot about that. Um, are you impressed with this game? It's been five years in the making, four years in the I mean, making. I'm about impressed. It's, I mean, it looks fine, like yeah. visually. Um, it does look like the the hand to hand kind of platinum-y stuff. Yeah, has kind of been pushed to the side. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Are you? I'm tired of the platinum formula okay. at this point, really. Like, I, I, I never, I was never a big it. fan of it to begin with. I thought it was fine. I like Bayonetta one. I didn't like Bayonetta two all that much. Um, I love Nier Autom- Automata. Um, 
but like Nier Automata hit a good middle. Yeah, it's a good middle. Uh, but like stuff like you know, like people like drool praise all over like Transformers Devastation, and while I like the aesthetic presentation of that game, I think the the actual gameplay is incredibly grindy and boring. Yeah, like that does that doesn't feel like Transformers to me like at all. Like Transformers are not about like mid air combos and turning into a yeah. turning into a truck in mid air and whacking a guy for one hit and then going back. It's like no, not, I get it. Yeah. It's all nonsense. It's kind of absurd. Yeah. Um, so like that's and you know like Astral Chain didn't grab me like it's. I'm very hot and cold on their stuff. I I I don't think they're as amazing as everybody else in the world seems to. Um, but when they're on, they're on, and uh, they have been on with Bayonetta in the past. And hopefully, this will do something. I've always been curious about what Scalebound was going to be, and uh, this seems to be sort of repurposing one of the main draws of that for me. So uh, I got I got it's got my attention for sure. I just remember when I worked at Game Trailers, Miguel Lopez always reviewed Bayonetta for us, and. While he was working on reviews for this game, I would always just wander over to his cube and watch him play. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. He was really good at it. And if you watch someone who's really good at Bayonetta play a Bayonetta game, it's pretty freaking amazing yeah. what you can pull off. And I'm just wondering if that's going to be dialed back a little bit for this. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I don't think you see that too much in uh, you know the, the hand-to-hand combat we see. What you do see looks very much the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's sort of an eight broke, don't fix it element to that. Yeah. So and it seems to Which be... makes you wonder why it's taken four years to make this game. But. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, definitely a Matt McMuscles what happened uh, waiting, to, waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, or something. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. But uh, it's been, yeah, it's, this game's going to come out five years after it was announced. I know. Because which... the final release date, by the way, is just 2022. Yeah. We still didn't get no a hard release quarter, date. No quarter, no window. No quarter, just next no year anything. sometime. Which might, which leads me to believe Q4 2022. Yeah, but at least, at least they showed it. At least it's still at least alive. It exists. We were yeah. really seriously wondering last week if it was canceled. Mm-hmm. So, and if notice the beginning of this, she makes some snarky comment about being late or yeah, something she's, like fa- that. Yeah, uh, fashionably late or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. So even Unfashionable. they, she says she's unfashionably late. Right. That's so even they are aware that what the heck is oh, yeah. going on with this Although, budget. Although, like. Having a character in a trailer for a long-awaited game that's disappeared for a long time make a reference to how long it's been since the last time you saw the game is starting to become a cliche. It is. Yeah. Like, everyone's doing that now. Yep. Yeah. Because like, everyone's delaying their shit. Yeah. Like, it was cute when Solid <laughs> Snake would do it back in the day. But, but now, now everybody's yeah, doing it. Exactly. So. Yep. So anyway, that's Bayonetta 3. Switch exclusive still. Um, but it's not coming until next year, and we don't even have a hard date next year. Mm-hmm. But um, my guess is later in the year. Probably. Because if it was early... Like they would have, I feel like they would have at least given a quarter. Yeah, and the first the first half of the year is pretty packed already, so we, we don't need any more games. Feel like feel like you're looking at probably September or something for this. Yeah, sounds about September, right October, maybe to tie in with Halloween. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this Nintendo Direct is it wasn't just about games. There are tons of great games. We're going to get to them all, but there were also a couple just big kind of news stories that came out of the event. Um, not the biggest of which, probably second biggest of which, is that there is an overhaul coming to Nintendo Switch Online. It's called Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. and it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it sure does. And basically what it is is they are now adding N64 and Sega Genesis games to the service. They are going to increase the price mm-hmm. of Nintendo Online for this. Um, is it, Right now, is it 20 or 25? It's 20. It's 20? If I remember right. Um, and very quickly, I have the list of stuff that's going to be there available not a lot. for launch. It's not a lot. Um, Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Sin and Punishment. That's cool. Uh, Dr. Mario 64, Mario Tennis 64, Win Back. 
Yeah, wow. Wimback is a fun fun inclusion there. Is that the sound of my copy of my pristine copy of Wimback losing all its value no. that I hear? No. No, you don't think? This stuff doesn't really imp- if if a new physical copy came out maybe. But like some people digital stuff doesn't really digital re-releases do not seem to impact the 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 value of physical copies too much just because the physical collectors hate digital and will never settle for that so you're still going to have value to the physical copy also the high prices of physical copies of games right now are a giant money laundering scam uh and you shouldn't fall for that believe that you can get those prices because those are are for people who are involved yep um Um, as far as the genesis stuff that'll be there day one sonic the hedgehog 2 streets of rage 2 which we were just talking about before the show listen to that go straight by streets on the soundtrack of streets of rage 2 one of the all-time great Genesis tracks. Yep. Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, Fantasy Star 4, Ristar, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, and Strider. Good lineup. Yep, it is good. I mean, that's the big hits from Genesis for me. I mean, a well, couple more Sonic games throw in there. More Sonic games, the other Fantasy Stars, uh, Revenge of Shinobi should be in yep. there. Yep. Um, but... Otherwise, pretty good. Yeah, Revenge of Shinobi has the problem that Spider-Man's in it. Yeah. So you, you kind of run oh, into... yeah. Yeah, because... Licensing Revenge issues. Revenge of Shinobi has a bunch of different versions because they used unlicensed thing Like, Godzilla was in it, the Terminator, Rambo, um, uh, uh, Spider-Man, Batman. They were all in there. And over time, there were, there were re- revisions that changed those to be, you know, copyright-friendly versions of things. Mm-hmm. Like, Rambo lost his hair and... The Terminator turned blue, and Godzilla became a skeleton. Uh, Batman became like a bat monster, and then, uh, but Spider-Man remained Spider-Man because that was right about the time Sega got the Spider-Man license to make the Genesis Spider-Man game. So Spider-Man remained himself, but for some reason, you still had to kill him because he was a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, As you saw there, they also announced some more N64 games and controllers. Yeah. And we're just going to pause right here, Matt, because... The three-button bullshit. The three-button Sega Genesis controller for $50 mm-hmm. in the U.S. Now you get a six-button in, in Japan, Japan. you get the six-button controller. Which means I will be importing the Japan one. Why would they do that? I have no idea. Why? Like, the six-button is obvious. The six-button is the Genesis controller. I don't get it. Like, I mean, you're just hampering yourself for future releases yeah, of Genesis I don't know. games. Like I, you, so you're not... So apparently we're not, not getting Street Fighter. It's weird. What the heck? There's a bunch of games that use the six yes, buttons. Yes, I know. Like, it's ridiculous. I, why in Japan and not here? I, I don't it know. makes no sense whatsoever. Very weird. Very um, silly. But anyway, as we as I was getting to, getting at, there are other games from the N64 that are on the way. Um, Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Also, Snap. I mean, also it probably doesn't matter because those controllers are going to sell out instantly and we'll never get a chance to get them anyway. You're probably right. So, especially the N64 one. That's going to go away in a split second. Yep. Uh, Pokemon Snap. Um, Majora's Mask, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, and F-Zero X are all in queue mm-hmm. to come eventually for the N64 content. Matt, they've already, it, Nintendo has already announced that they're going to charge more than the 20, 25 bucks a year. How much more would you be willing to pay for this stuff? I don't know, like 10 bucks. Yeah. You think it'll be that cheap? I don't know. I what mean, that's a, that's a 50% be? price increase, so... Yeah, they're asking so little right now. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that. Like, if it's like 40 or 50 bucks. I mean, you want to double the cost of the online service because you're giving me a couple N64 games? Like, that's, I mean, that's not it's what Nintendo. Me, it wouldn't be out of character, no, but it's <laughs> stupid. Oh, and the other thing we should have mentioned, too, is that online play is coming to these games. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. That's fun. Dude, yeah. being able to play Mario Kart 64 online, yes, please. I'll see you guys on the tracks, by the way. It's probably the game I'm best at of any game I've ever played. It was funny. This is hilarious. So I was home over the holidays, and I ran into my, an old friend that I used to play games with back in the day. And I could not believe this. He goes, do you remember that time I came to visit you in Philly, and uh, we had that Mario Kart 64-like competition? And I had forgotten about it. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I do remember that. He's like, you are the best. He could remember this from all this time. He goes, you are the best Mario Kart 64 player I've ever played against. He's like, I nobody could even come close to, to touching me. He goes, I went to Philly to show you up. And he's like, you whooped me. Hmm. And he's like, and dude, he pulls out his N64 and says, we're going to play right now. <laughs> I've been playing. Hmm. And we sat there and we played like, I don't even know how many rounds of Mario Kart 64 drinking beers. I still whooped his ass, but I am not as good as I used to be. I'll say that much. I couldn't nail like any of the shortcuts anymore or any of that. But it was funny. I was like, dude, that was like 20 some years ago. And he was like salty about yeah, it. They remember. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so anyway, I'll see you guys on Nintendo Online when that thing's ready to rock. Uh, hope hopefully works. some of you guys are also into it and uh, you'll be on there willing to play me. Um. Yeah, Matt, I would not be surprised if this goes up at least 20 bucks. I can't. I mean, I can, I guess, because it's Nintendo, but it's like doubling the cost just for some retro games. Like, that's it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's yeah. see if it pays off for them. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be 5 to 10 bucks. Yeah. I, I can't see justifying more than that. Now, you said that you think the N64 controller will sell out. Why do you believe that? Because when they did the same thing with the Super Nintendo controller, it was gone in like five minutes. Yeah, that makes more sense, though, because the, the SNES controller still works great for 2D games. It mm -hmm. still has a purpose. Yeah, but the N64 controller has this cachet with people who were that age at the time. Like, it's going to go. It's going to – I mean, they'll, they'll restock it, but it'll be that thing that they did with the Super Nintendo one where it's like, okay, it's in stock again. Oh, it's gone again. Like, they never make enough of these things. Uh, I think the Genesis one will be easy to get because no one wants that three-button crap. <laughs> That's true. But, like, the N64 yeah. one is going to go instantly. And they, 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 they restock it, but, like, you know, it's – for the first couple months, it was very hard to get one. I don't want one. Like, I may get it just to collect it because it might be worth money. I would, I'll get one if I, if I can, and it's not like, you know, it's, what is it, 50 bucks? Yeah. It's not terrible. Like, I'll get one because those games play better with that controller. Do they, though? They do. They're built for it. I don't know. Like it's again, always better I just to play, play it on the I just played Mario Kart with it like two weeks ago. Oh, Mario Kart's one thing. Like, I, I don't want to play Ocarina. I, I playing Ocarina at a time on a normal controller is difficult for me. Huh. Um, or, like, something like... Uh, like I'd like to play banjo again with the original with the N64 controller. Like I don't I don't I don't hate that controller. I never I never disliked it. I loved it when it was the only controller with an analog stick. But like I said, I just used it like a couple weeks ago and it is weird. Like your hands are really close together mm -hmm. cuz you have to hold the center prong and then the right side. Like it's I loved it whenever mm -hmm. the N64 came out and for the next 5 years I loved it. And now I feel like it's an inferior way to play games. But the nostalgia factor, I might buy it anyway, just as a collector's mm -hmm. thing that might appreciate in value. Because it is wireless and Bluetooth and stuff mm -hmm. like that, which means it will eventually work. Here's the other thing, too. You can get it to work on the on PC. And right. So, like, people who have been into, like, Ultra HLE, like, emulator stuff for mm -hmm. N64 and haven't been able to use an N64 controller for that stuff. I'm sure those people are going to pick it up. I agree with you. I think it's going to do really well. Um, I just don't see myself actually using it to play games all that much. Yeah. I would um, use it to play the and most of the N64 stuff. Yeah. I feel it's part of the, Certainly Winback. Yeah. Um, it, I, I associate that with that controller a lot. Yeah. 
Um, interesting. I wonder if we'll see stuff like Hybrid Heaven eventually coming. I mean, what else is Konami doing? Um, right. I would like to see. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see Rocket Robot on Wheels, which yeah. is Sucker Punch's first game, which yep. no one played because Ubisoft put it. Ubisoft, it Ubisoft published it and put it out the same day as Rayman Two. Yeah. Talk about burying same publisher. It. Yeah, same publisher. Talk about being sent to die. Um, Rayman Ro- is great. It is, but Rocket Robot on Wheels is great also too. great, yep. and uh, it does some stuff, some physics-based puzzle stuff that no other platformer on the N64 did. Yep. And no great. one has played the damn thing because it never got ported. Yep. Um, but hopefully they can uh, they can move that forward because I'd like to see more people know what that game is. Yep. Chat, how much are you guys willing to pay for this N64 and Genesis stuff extra per year? Ten, five bucks, yeah. ten bucks, twenty bucks. You know, what else I'm I'd interested love, to hear. You know, what I'd love to see. I'd love to see Body Harvest, which will yeah. never happen because uh, nobody wants no, the know, first GTA. The, yeah, the prototype for GTA Three. The other thing I'd love to see, which will never happen, is I'd like to see them put uh, Space Station Silicon Valley on there and fix the bug that, me- that only lets you get ninety nine percent completion. Well, here's the funny thing. So I was working on name that game this morning, and Space Station Silicon Valley was one of the games hmm. that I considered, and I was like. It's too obscure. Like, I don't think Whoops, people... I brought it up anyway. <laughs> and you did. It's so funny. Coincidence. That has bugged me for 25 years, or whatever it was, that, like, you can't finish that game 100% because of a bug. Yep. All right, let's look at chat and see what people are willing to pay for uh, this extra Nintendo stuff. Commander Fett, 5 bucks. Vincent, $10 is fine. Ashes in the Hourglass, $10. Sneaky, 0 Not surprised. I'm not even willing to pay for Nintendo Online. Okay. Not, sir. 10 to 15 Mellowack, 30 tops. Hmm. Like total or 30 extra? Yeah, I don't know. This? I think he's saying 30 total. 30 top. I mean, so yeah, 10 extra. 10 extra, yeah, that's, yeah. that makes sense. A regal vamp, zero. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's saying, yeah, that's 30 for the whole package, so $10 more. Minority games, $2. Okay. Um, Bunko, I'd rather have an N64 Mini. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Um... Power versions will run at 50 hertz, which is disappointing. Yeah, we've kind of mm. I've seen that going through the news feeds here over the last couple of days. You're right, that does kind of suck, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, um, my bet is ten dollars more. That's mm-hmm. what I think is going to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went more than that, but I think that makes the most sense. It seemed to be the most common. I mean, a 50 percent price hike is it's a lot. Not nothing. Yeah, even at that level. I think it's like. 50% of a small number, though. You know, it's yeah. like when people say, oh, we quadrupled our whatever, but we started with two. It's right. like, it's one of those things. So so anyway, some interesting uh, perspective from you guys about this. Quest 64, Digital Reflux. Well, There's another they, one. Hopefully they leave out Quest. Yeah, that'll be a great monthly update. It's like Quest 64 and Glover. Have fun. Have fun, I remember kids. when, before the N64 Here's every launched. Madden. Yeah. <laughs> I remember for the N64 launch, Quest 64 was a big deal. Yeah. It was going to be like the first RPG. People were hanging their hats on that to replace Mm -hmm. the loss of Final Fantasy from Nintendo consoles. And so people thought, oh, this Quest 64 thing, it did look really good, like graphically. Yeah. So the screenshots, I was like, dang, okay. And then it was released. Yeah. It's not good at all. Release an updated version of Aiden Chronicles, you cowards. Yeah. Yeah. How about Rogue Squadron? Yeah. A lot of the stuff I'd like to see is license, you know, like Goldeneye. You're never going to see Goldeneye on that no. thing. Imagine online Goldeneye. It'd be great. People would eat that up. I mean, you can do Perfect Dark, I guess. I don't think so. They, well, they're uh, doing Banjo. Right. I mean, they have, They'd to, have, sign to, get per- they have to get permission right. from, they have to sign from a Microsoft. Deal with Microsoft. So, like, Microsoft seems I mean, I'm surprised Banjo's that. coming. Yeah. Microsoft's well, pretty cool. Like, yeah, Microsoft it, knows that that's not going to hurt them. Yeah. 
I like that it does that. Yeah. And I think it, you know, if you're a Nintendo fan, you probably appreciate that. And if you're mm-hmm. thinking about maybe buying another console besides another, uh, besides your Nintendo console, maybe that gives Xbox the bump over yeah. a PlayStation. Who knows? Um, okay, let's get on with more because there is a lot more to get to from this Direct. Uh, let's see. What are we going to discuss next? Look at my notes here. Um, here's the other big non-game-related story. <laughs> they announced that this has caused a lot of uproar over the last couple days. Uh, they announced the voice cast for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Matt, being the film aficionado of mm-hmm. the show, I'll just leave it to you to discuss your impressions of it. First of all, Miyamoto's really old. Yeah. And that made yeah. me really sad and really nervous. Yeah, I guess he stopped dying his hair. Is that you think he was before? Probably. Yeah. I mean when you could go to a barber without risking your life. Right. You know, probably. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. He looks old. That, he is old. I know, but it scares me, dude. Eh, he's, he's gonna live a long time. <laughs> I yeah, hope he's, so. he's a happy man. <laughs> I hope. I hope I mean Awada I thought was a happy man. And we yeah, know what I mean, happened there. I mean so. you never know. Yeah. But. So let's talk about the film, Matt. Um I thought, I don't know, to me, Chris Pratt being Mario made no sense. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> like, um, none. Look, I, it does not remotely in any way surprise me that they cast someone else as Mario. Like, Charles Martinet being Mario was never in the cards through this whole movie. No one wants to listen to the, oh, pizza's a beach, I'm about to die. No one wants to listen to that for two fucking hours. Like, that's not going to happen in a mainstream film. Like, uh, Chris Pratt is his own bad decision on this. <laughs> Actually, like, that me... is certainly not who I would have chosen to be. I mean, look, the first voice of Mario was Optimus Prime. Yeah. Peter Cullen did Mario on Saturday Supercade. Like, he has had a bunch of different voices. There is no one correct voice for Mario. Um, someone, suge- I think it was Ellen from Outside X- Xbox, suggested that Chris Pratt is probably playing like a live action guy who gets zapped into Mario's body and spends the whole movie going like mushroom people. That's not a thing. And then like Charles Martinet's going to be like Mario in the first like five and last five minutes. Oh, like that. He's going to be like a fish out of water, like Tron thing. And like there's no evidence that that's what's happening. But that is absolutely dumb enough to be true. Oh, you're seeing the whole lineup of actors here, Matt. Is there any others that strike you as odd? Like Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong is very fun. Yeah, That's Char- Charlie Day is Luigi. <laughs> like that tracks yeah. for me. Um, I think it's a little weird that they Jack Black is Bowser. That's not terrible. I can, casting. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a little weird that they cast a bunch of like people my age as all the boys. And the girl is like this hot twenty-year-old. Right. It's like I promise a forty-year-old woman could voice Princess Peach. Yeah. Like I, I guarantee you. Like I don't even know who she is. I never even heard of her. Uh, I've Anya, heard of her. Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, I've heard of her. I just I don't know. I don't have an opinion. Really. What, what has she done? I don't remember. Oh. I just I just I know the name. Is she like a TikToker or something? No, no, she's an actress. She's <laughs> an she actual an actor. Okay. Uh, I don't. But like, I can't remember what she's done. Um. I felt a little bad that Martinet was kind of kicked to the curb because he's been doing this job for like twenty some years. Yeah, but he's like he's an incidental sort of ah, like jumpy. He makes jumpy sounds, you know. He's he's not he doesn't deliver dialogue, you know. Like Mario is not a narrative character with yeah. him as the voice, which is kind of the problem in general. I yeah, think. I mean you're going to run into that as well here. Like trying to make up an actual story with these characters has never really been done successfully. Yeah. Um, I did like the the suggestion that Danny DeVito should be Yoshi, so he can offer you an egg in this trying time. <laughs> um, which is a nice Always Sunny reference. But uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know where you're going, where they're going with all this. Like I, it's coming I'm, out like December twenty first. December twenty first next year. Yeah. So next year. 
Yeah, right after uh, right after Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> so buckle up. Do you have hope for this film, Matt? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I really don't. Like, I have no, I have no expectations one way or the other on this. Really. Like, but you know, I thought Sonic was going to be terrible, and it wasn't great, but yeah, it wasn't it was fine. terrible. It was fun. Yeah. Um. I will admit to having more uh, affinity for Sonic than Mario. Like, I don't think... This is a character you yeah. mean? I, don't, I mean, I know Mario is, like, huge and da et cetera, but, like, I think you get a better movie out of Metroid or Zelda. Oh, yeah. Um, Not even close. Or, hell, even Pikmin. Like, They're... Pikmin is a more compelling narrative premise than anything in Mario. <laughs> I, I mean... Mario doesn't sell itself on the back of story. Mario is about gameplay. How do you feel about Miyamoto working on this stuff? I tweeted this out, that it disappoints me that Miyamoto's working on amusement parks and movies instead of games. How do you feel eh, about it? I mean, I think it's fine. Like, as he's supervising stuff, and that's cool, but, like... You don't think we're missing anything from him in the I twilight of his career? I don't I don't need... To, I don't think a 60s... Like, guy in his late 60s has a lot of new ideas to contribute to game design at this point, and he may know that. Hmm. Um, this time for let the new blood move in. Let the let the. Let I mean, they have been. Yeah. He's been just like the overlord for yeah, a while think, now. I'm sure that's not really any different. Like, I don't need him coming over to Texas to crack the whip on Metroid Prime Four anymore. Like, we're we're good. I just feel you really don't think you think he's bereft of ideas. No, I mean, I'm, if he has his ideas, I'm sure he contributes them. But it's like nothing's stopping him from doing that if he feels he has something worth doing and apparently he'd rather do this well i think there is something stopping him he has a whole other job now dealing with yeah, this but he chose he chose that cultural stuff he chose that did he That's, i don't think no anyone gets to tell shigeru miyamoto what to do i don't know it's japan he's he runs that company basically like they, he he made I don't that know, company. Man. Now that, especially now that iwata is i mean gone. i've heard stuff about that that he maybe isn't his treated as people would expect he should be inside nintendo mm, i mean i don't i've never seen any indication of that like and frankly if i were him I, i'd be interested to move on to something a little easier and a little more like just ask me for my expertise and pay me mm-hmm. anyway like you know i don't the man's past retirement age frankly like let him enjoy some stuff I mean, if that's what he wants to do, I'm all for it. Yeah, like totally. If that's what he decides, like I don't want to work on games anymore. I, I think if, if he didn't, stuff. if he's 68 or 69 at this point, if he if he wanted to retire, he could. Like I don't think anyone would stop him. And if the company wanted him to, they would definitely pressure him to do that. Yeah. Um. You know, that's that's also a thing in Japanese business culture. Is you called called window employees. I think you stick the old guy next to the window and give him nothing to do until he quits out of boredom. Does it not feel to you like though that Nintendo? Its products haven't been quite as innovative as they were in the past. Like, we got, like, Ring Fit Adventure. But it's hard for me. It, like, new IP, it feels like it's kind of slowed to a trickle for Nintendo. Yeah, and I mean, I don't consider Miyamoto the magic key to any of that. Like, I mean, he created almost all their IP. He created a lot of stuff 40 years ago. But what yeah. did he do in the 2000s? Pikmin? Yeah. Does that set the world on fire? And no. then there was like Wii that, Music. Did that? Did yeah, that? Then there was change that everything robot for everybody. Game that he made that never yeah, the, came out really. Yeah. It came out in what as part like a it's some on some, Star Fox or whatever. There's a little bit of in Star Fox, and there was some sort of like it feels like some permutation of that ended up at least being the inspiration for the the Labo yeah robot thing yeah. Um, I don't. I I I don't consider me. I mean, Mimoto just come up with some of the most timeless things around, but that was you know. In the in the eighties, like yeah. you know, that doesn't mean he's got the you know if he had the genius to contribute to something, all of a sudden I'm sure they'd listen to him. Hmm. But like, 
he is not somehow overly special. You know, I don't I don't subscribe to the great man theory of game design. Really, like those things are made by more people than that. Well, they always have been. But yeah. someone has to come up with the idea. Yeah, and in but he was more of a shepherd than the idea man for most of the time. No, even you go back to those, you know, go back beyond just those first Donkey Kong and Popeye uh, and well, I Mario mean, he, things. He but created like, the modern 3D game with Ocarina of Time. I mean, yeah, but he did that with Aonuma, and also Aonuma has described their relationship on the Zelda series as Aonuma trying to push things forward and make things more interesting and narratively involved, and Miyamoto just trying to shut that down. I think Miyamoto mm-hmm. is short-sighted as often as he's a genius. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of uh, I don't see him stepping away from active game development as a tremendous tragedy. Okay. He has he has put in his time. He has contributed his great contributions, and if this is what he's happy doing, uh, let him do that. Like okay. he's, he's an old man. Let him just let him just point at things and make people do them. <laughs> like it's fine. I just want to get your perspective on it. Uh, next up, Splatoon three. We finally got to look at some gameplay of this. We only had that kind of cinematic trailer that has a little bit of an engine stuff at the end. Uh, this is a full on ninety seconds of the game in action. Um, if you watch this a couple times, you pick up on some stuff like the mech, obviously. That's a big change and a, and a big update for Splatoon. Um, there's new ultimates that they show in this trailer. There's like a grapple hook. I don't know if that's just for one specific like setting or if every character is going to have the grapple hook now, which would change, obviously, everything um, as far as traversal was concerned. And I would be all for it because it's awkward using the squid to climb up walls and things like that. It's this weird kind of awkward mechanic that doesn't mm-hmm. always really make sense. Um, so if that is game-wide, I'm all for it. Um, and then they show off here at the end kind of the new campaign, which looks a lot more robust than the campaigns were in the last two games, which I am all for. Um, the campaigns in Splatoon have not been great. I'll say this. The first one was pretty much abysmal. The second was a little bit better, but still not great. Um, and added after release. Yeah, and hopefully this one... Um, will actually kind of hit the mark as far as creating a compelling uh, single-player experience. But really, Splatoon's all about the multiplayer. Um, I still enjoy Splatoon. We're going to ask this question a little later in the show as well. But, but Matt, I mean, looking at all this, do they need to release Splatoon 3? Like, shouldn't this just be updates to Splatoon 2? Shouldn't Splatoon at this point just be a a platform? Mm, I don't know. Because it's not like there's this big narrative thing that's been going on in the franchise no, but like that people they, need to like get the next update on. No, or, but if they want to turn it into that, a good way to differentiate that is to put out a new version. Yeah. So they do seem to be leaning hard. They seem to have finally figured out that people do have a lot of interest and attachment to the world that, mm-hmm. that this game takes place in. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, I, I, it makes sense to me that you would put out a new version with a new number on it to sort of differentiate and say, hey, new campaign, new stuff, new elements of the world, come on in, we listen to you. It also um, looks pretty much identical, technically. It does look very, very similar to 2. Yeah, I mean, um, 2 looked a lot like But also, one. what else can you really do? I mean, <laughs> what else can you really do on the Switch hardware? And I think like, it's where, that's the point we're getting at with Switch, is that yeah. you've reached not the law of diminishing returns, but the law of no more returns. Yeah, you've hit the wall with yeah. most of these. I think like, what we saw with Bayonetta 3, that's about as good as an action game is going to look. Like, mm-hmm. I think they've just... Uh, the other thing I would say, too, is... You're going to max the rest of it out with, like, Breath of the Wild 2. Um, it feels I'm, like they tapped out the Switch very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it was not, it was not a powerful platform. Because of the architecture, yeah. it's like... There you, wasn't a lot of hidden right. potential in there. Yeah. They're like, this is what we got, and this is what we're going to get. And 
the games haven't really improved in appearance over the course of the life of the Switch. Not really, no. And I really hope that Breath of the Wild 2 runs better than the first Breath of the Wild, um, as far as frame rate is concerned. I'm hoping that that's the case, but we'll see. Good luck. Yeah. I'm not. I'm definitely not counting on it, that's for sure. Maybe they're releasing Ocarina and Majora's Mask on the service to get us used to 15 frames per second uh, Zelda. <laughs> Could be. Uh, so anyway, that's Splatoon 3. Um, what else? Well, there was a ton of stuff. Um, the first 3D Kirby ever? Mm. Is that accurate? Full Like full 3D? Like 3D platformer, yeah. Maybe. I thought I don't know. there was I'm, one I'm no before. Kirby, I'm no Kirby expert. Crystal Shards, that was side-scrolling, right? It was polygonal, but I think it was still side-scrolling, like 2D. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the first one of 3D graphics. Right. In terms of 3D gameplay, like, I don't know. I think it I is. Think, I think, I can't remember anything. Yeah. Like, I don't remember seeing Kirby uh, run around like that in a 3D space. Before, yeah, I don't remember really. it either. It's. I'll say this too. I why I really this. didn't expect uh, the Last of Us Kirby edition on this. Like this was. <laughs> this, I am I am mildly stunned by what this game. It's like are. Is this did Kirby end the world? It's like, like did, it was called Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and the Forgotten Land is our land. Yeah, he's it's in Earth. like post-apocalyptic Earth. Yeah. And there's like everything's dead except for these freaks that are on the planet. Some of the some of the visual elements of Kirby I don't feel like work well in 3D. Like mm-hmm. that one creature right there, that yellow thing that was like the spinny thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like those don't work in 3D. Like it's just stupid. What is it? <laughs> I, I don't know, but don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. I do not have high hopes for this game. I watched Hi. this trailer like three times over, and it just seems... I I mean, I'm sure it's Nintendo, so I'm sure they've figured out the mechanics of things, but the only thing I could think was like how frustrating it's going to be when I spit this stuff in the wrong direction right. or like don't aim it right. Or like the gonna... lock-on's going to have to be very friendly. Yeah, very smart. You'll very to, smart yeah. and very friendly. Otherwise, this game could be a nightmare yeah. to play. Like, this is... this. This game is just bonkers enough to get my attention. Right. Like I'm not a big Kirby fan beyond like the first couple games, but like yeah, I'll try this. This is strange. Like I'll I'll, I'm I'll not definitely gonna... try it. Yeah. And it is strange, but I love that shot. Like his face when, <laughs> his he, when face. he gets grabbed. Like that's <laughs> Kirby losing his cool is not a super common thing. Nor with him with his whites of, whites of his eyes. Like that's a great freeze. Yeah. Like I feel like if you freeze that, like you got a meme <laughs> template. <laughs> Like, what was the one with Luigi where he's, like, passing Mario in the car oh, yeah, the and he Luigi has, like, Death that Star. evil face? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody found a shot of Charlie Day doing basically the same thing in, oh. in, in uh, Always Sunny and, like, put them side by side. Yeah, like, there. It's, <laughs> it, it, can, it can happen. Uh, I'm setting my expectations to underwhelm for this one. Um, I do not anticipate it being a great game. I like that they're trying to do a Kirby game in 3D. I just... The mechanics of Kirby are awesome in that he can absorb everyone else's powers, but artistically like he's probably my least favorite Nintendo character mm. it's also weird that he can turn into like his link form but he's in on earth I don't know well, the thing you have the to whole rem- thing just seems the th- absurd well, the thing you have to remember is that Kirby is the most powerful game character in all of video games right I mean um, he is he is he is a, a tiny pink blob of infinite power right he can, I get that he can end the universe if he wants which means if he <laughs> wants to be a link in, he can be link <laughs> You do, do not question the Kirby, or, yeah. he will, or he will come for you. Yeah, I understand why people are excited, because I don't think there really has ever been a full 3D Kirby game, but this is not winding my watch. It's. Um, uh, I mean, I'm interested in the premise, like, like how dark are you going with this thing? Right. 
Like, yeah. is it is it our world, or is it just, like, an island that everyone left? It appears to be, like, an island. Yeah. yeah. But, obviously, there's escalators and things like that. So, right. it's, it's supposed to be our world, an island take on our world, I guess. But... We'll see. And he seems to be rescuing other, like, his like, enemies from the other games. Yeah. Like the Waddle Dees right. and stuff. Like, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, it is coming spring 2022, so there's not a lot of time you have to wait for this game. A little, a little Katamari action there. What's funny, Pactor on a recent episode, someone asked him about, like, where, you know, Nintendo's games are starting to slow down now for Switch. And he's like, oh, you're going to probably get a Kirby soon. And here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because they do barf these Kirby games out so yeah, Kirby, fast. Yeah, if you're like, a Kirby fan, you have no lack of content. It's not like being a Metroid fan. Yeah, it's just continual. I don't know how or why it happens that way, but it does. I mean, Hal Labs just gets that stuff done. Just barfs it out over and over again. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Kirby and the Forgotten Land. And then the rest of the stuff from the Direct is mostly just third-party stuff, uh, but kind of big stuff. For instance, Dying Light 2 is getting a cloud version for Switch. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before with Assassin's Creed. If you want to do that to yourself, sure. Odyssey? I don't think it was Valhalla. Did they do it with Valhalla 2, um, the cloud version for Switch? I don't think so. Yeah, I think if it was they, just Odyssey. They did Odyssey, and they didn't do it here. in the Japan Yeah, it was only, in think. Japan. Yeah. yeah. But they're starting to do this here now. Yeah, I mean, they have no choice. It's yeah, like, I mean, that so they don't get can... the game. And so. look, if you're a developer or a publisher, why not? Yeah, and the Dying Light 1 version seems to be not cloud. Right, seems to be... yeah, it's just normal yeah. code. Yeah, that you'll just run natively on your hardware. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as Matt just alluded to, also Dying Light, the original one, is coming to Switch as well. And that's coming pretty soon. Um, this cloud version of Dying Light 2 is coming day and date with all mm-hmm. the other versions on February 4th, day before my birthday. Um yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing, the way yeah. I look at it, this cloud stuff. And it's good that they're starting to do this more in the West now instead of just being this. Still, I'm still never going to pay yeah, for I'll, something I'll I don't own. Oh, well, yeah, so. because I'll just play it on PS4 or whatever. Yeah, but PS5. also it's like the cloud thing doesn't make sense to me because it's like I, I'll pay you full price for that, but then oh, no I way. never get it. Yeah, there's no like, way. If that service shuts down, I no longer can play Dying Light 2. There's no way that they should charge full price for that. But they will. Yeah. Yeah, because they can get it. Because Nintendo fans are well, and so because smart. probably uh, the publisher won't allow them any any other option. Uh, why yeah. would you buy? You know, if they charge nineteen dollars for that, like well, a lot of people are going to do that instead of buying the full price copy. Why did they have a Switch? Yeah, yeah. But it's not ideal. If you have another nope. console, I highly recommend if you have any playing. any other way of playing that. Please I would definitely do. do but that. if you only have a Switch, it's better than nothing. Um, and then the final thing, the Kotor remake is also coming to Switch. No. Uh, that's not the remake. Oh, it's not. That's the just the remake. It's just the port. It's just the port. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was actually it was getting what all the no, other. No, it's, this, it's the same remaster that went up on, um, uh, uh, you know, PC and Xbox and the, you know, uh, okay. the it's, it's that. It's it's the original. And when was that released? That oh, wasn't that long ago, right? I think it's actually based on the PC. There's also the mobile remaster they did, which yeah. I don't think is the same thing as this. But yeah, it, it um, actually might be. I guess on the Switch. Who knows. Um, the timing that was is year, odd for them to ago. announce this after this completely remade version is coming. But yeah, you're but right, this, this, that was pl- that was platform exclusive. Yeah, so. this is going to come a lot faster than that. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I mean, Kotor on more platforms is not a bad thing. Yeah. So the more the merrier. Um, and then just a couple other smaller notes. Um, Animal Crossing Direct in October, mm-hmm. so that's coming in the next few weeks. Uh, they showed Mario Party Superstars. Um, that's coming. At the end of October, I believe, like October 29th, if I remember correctly, they showed that, which is, if you don't remember, it's like an all-star collection of Mario Party. There's like 100 mm-hmm. 
mini games from like the N64 era and a bunch of boards from the classic N64. I hope games. you can use the uh, N64 controller on that game. Oh yeah, just to and see if you can just grind the analog yeah. stick into <laughs> dust again. Yep. Um, and they showed a Metroid Dread story trailer. That's coming soon, people. Yeah, real like soon. A week and a half. In like a yeah, a week and a few days. Um, and then there's new DLC coming for Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Good and that looks good luck rob- t- it looked robust, but it was like, didn't you already put that out? Like, it's like, yeah, no, it all, all looks about the same yeah. these days. And there's two other big projects that we're actually going to discuss because Matt has actually played them. Um, I got a very happy text from Matt Kyle when Act Tracer Renaissance was announced. Mm-hmm. Matt, how do you feel about Act Tracer? One of your favorite games of all time being mm-hmm. revived. I think at first a lot of people thought it was like a Switch exclusive thing. It turns out it's not. It's on everything. Yeah. It's on everything. Um, and this was part of the GeForce Now leak. Um, yeah. But like, like, I think a lot of people, including myself, were kind of being skeptical about that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that turned out to be real adds a lot of credence to that, oh, as well as then Ubisoft suing them to take it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite games of all time. It's one of the only game soundtracks I own on vinyl. Uh, it's Yuzo Koshiro at his best um, alongside... Uh, Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this is a really weird game, Matt. It is. Because I, I, I used to say... You know, so much about it. Because This is one of the games... I've, you know, anyone who's been watching the show for a long time knows I brought up the idea of remaking this a few yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, there was that game a couple Didn't years ago. Didn't you show the vinyl one time on the show? Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, they, they, there was that game um, uh, Soul Seraph. Yeah. Which was sort of a spiritual remake successor of... And it screwed a bunch of stuff up because of the... The overworld scenes were all like constant tower defense. There was no way to like focus on anything. Mm-hmm. So the way Actraiser works is it was a game by Enix back in the day, a launch game for the Super Famicom, as I recall, or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember uh, my friend uh, Andy uh, got a videotape from a friend in Japan of all the launch games, and this was on it. And when the music started on this, we all lost our goddamn minds because it sounded like an orchestra. Like it was like you know, the sound chip in the in the Super Nintendo was like nothing else at the time, and it was a completely it was a it was a re- revelation. So the way this works is uh, you 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 play a god, um, and you occasionally go down to uh, be a warrior with a sword, and you fight a side-scrolling action hack and slash level, and uh, to liberate an area. And then when you do that, it switches to like a Sim City style. Uh, building game. <laughs> that looks you, like it's like taking place in an RPG yeah, overworld, where you control yeah. a uh, an angel. Seeing it right there, yeah. That flies right. You direct where they build, and you cast miracles down to help them, and you and you fight. You in shoot, the overworld. Yeah, these little monsters. Monsters pop out of these monster dens, and they'll like uh, try to like destroy buildings or kidnap your people, and you have to use the angel to shoot them down. That's also you get magic back to cast more lightning and stuff. Um, and that was kind of how, you know, you would get, like, messages from the people, and they'd say, like, oh, we need to go over, and they build over to the monster den, and then they do a little ritual and close the monster den, and you have to do that for all the monster dens, and then once you built the town out and, like, solve the little, like, mini RPG quest they'd give you, you'd go do a second action sequence, hack and slash sequence, to go fight through the, that, the ne- another part of the level and fight uh, the big boss, and once you did that... So this is the, the first boss. Yeah. Um, so once you fight that, uh, you have you will have liberated the whole area, and they will live in peace and tell you to move on to the next zone. And there's like six zones in the game. I had forgotten almost everything about this yeah. game. I have played this game probably twelve or fifteen times. Wow. I, I, I play through this game about once every couple of years. Ah. I just, I, it's just one of my favorites of all time, just because of how strange it is. And it how, is strange. And how well the. Um, 
just how well the 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 two completely different gameplay styles mesh. Uh, also, if there was a period of time where I could beat this game without being hit. Wow. Um, even the boss rush at the end, where you have to fight all the bosses in a row, I could do that without being touched. Wow. I could not do that now. And you and you probably <laughs> have you can't forgotten a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Well, also like this game, they this is a remake. Like this is not a remaster. They did they changed a From lot. From the ground up, they, they built upgraded it, yeah. and evolved a lot of the ideas in this game. And I, I, I most of those changes have been good. I think the the combat in the old game is very stiff and more. It's more like a like a by, by the numbers thing. Like if, you know, it does this much damage and the attack takes this long. And you know, it's it's almost like playing in a grid. Like mm-hmm. you can kind of manipulate everything like that. Um, this version of the game. There's combos. There's up. You can do upward slashes and downward slashes, and like uh, the magic works a little different. Um, the 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 there's a back dash that makes you invincible for for a moment, which is completely different from the. You know, there's nothing like that in the original game. Uh, and the game's enemies are all redesigned to take advantage of the fact that you can do all those things. So it's a much more complex uh, combat experience and uh fighting you know, going up against these bosses that i know backwards and forwards and all of a sudden i'm like oh i don't know how to fight you anymore <laughs> in this new system and that's so that's cool. been that's been a lot of fun to like kind of yeah. rediscover that and figure out a new way to approach these things that i'm so super familiar with and then the city building stuff um you know the, the basic stuff is the same but there's things like when you get to the monster den in the old game they just did a little ritual thing and close the den now you have to go in the den and fight a little mini boss fight yeah um, which is really cool. Um, there's actual quests you get, like that you can go do, accomplish different things. Like the when you build uh, out stuff, it used to just be like large houses and small houses and farm fields, but now you build, they build warehouses that produce uh, uh, workshop things that produce like you know uh, resources for you to use to build forts and palisades and stuff, which are there because there are tower defense sequences now where you have to defend the town yeah. against them. And then there's there's heroes that show up. So there's like a named hero that shows up in, in each town and you can direct them like an RTS in those sequences and level them up with stuff you get from the side quests. And, and you know, they have special attacks and, and then like it's... Are there there's any a lot that going you don't on. like? No. They also added some content, right? Like yeah, a there's, there's, a, there's a new play. snow area that I haven't gotten to yet that I don't yeah. recognize from anything. Um, no, I I think every I mean I know there's going to be people that don't like the changes because they're changes. Yeah, you know, like it's different, so it sucks. Um, but again, you can always go back to the old game. I'm I'm yeah I can always I have multiple copies of it on on both my PC and the cartridge and everything, and I can go back and play it whenever I want. Um, and this is a really cool reimagining like upgrade of it. Like it's almost like what what it would be if somebody made this is what I was hoping Soul Seraph was gonna be right basically mm-hmm. um, except now we get you know remixed uh, Yuzo Koshiro music by him like he did yeah, the, he, he actually you know, there's, did the there's work. a couple of new tracks in here that yeah, he did pretty awesome like they did it all right as far you know you know and people have been criticizing the the art style because it is pretty different from the original I think it looks fine like, yeah kind I don't of have any problem got with kind it. of a vanillaware flavor to it yeah um, and I'm cool with that um, yeah I'm super happy with it. Like how much is it? Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. I That's think. great. Twenty bucks or thirty. I think it's thirty bucks. Okay, it's thirty bucks. That's a little thirty bucks. Dicey. It, but it, it, but it is a full. Um, it's a full remake. It's a fully fledged game. It is not just like a reskin of a Super Nintendo game. This thing has a lot to it. Yeah, they did a lot of work. Um, there's, there's no denying it for sure. Um, I. That's value. Vincent yeah. did say in chat that it is not available for Xbox. Um, no, not yet. Yeah, it's on PS4 and Switch and PC. Yeah. On Steam. Yep. But if you play it on PC, the button prompts for Xbox are there. It's yeah. Very weird. Yeah. But it's not available for Xbox yet. 
Uh, but so is it 20 or 30? Do you remember? It's 30. It is it's 30. Because one of that was 30 and Castlevania was 20. I don't remember how long it is. It's long. I mean, I can beat the original in like six hours. Okay. Uh, this that's one being the master of it. Yeah, that's yeah. knowing exactly what to do the whole time. I would say that you're going to get 20 hours out of this. Okay. Then that's a good price then. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, the it other- is repetitive. Like once you've played one zone, you're kind of, that's the template. Yeah. But it's fun and it breaks things up with the action stuff. And like, like I love it. Like it's it's one of my favorite, and the music is second to none. And you can choose the original music or the new music, um, whichever you want. Uh, it's great. Like like this is exactly what I wanted. Like it's it, it was like that was it, that was a perfect like triple shot. It was. Like, I haven't got a like, text message. Actraiser that happy from you? Yeah. In a really long time. It's like Actraiser. I'm like oh <laughs> remake full remake. Act you were stoked. And it's like out today. I'm like are you kidding me? Like it's it, like. <laughs> Like you couldn't yeah. like, like every once in a while I'm just like Nintendo's got nothing for me. It's like it's like oh you're gonna just throw that at me. <laughs> Granted I bought it on PS4. Well then but it, like, yeah then it's for everything. Yeah, I bought it on PS5, but like whatever. Well then the other shadow. Nintendo's drop. the one who made me happy first, right. so they get the credit. <laughs> well, it did dedicate time and a huge Nintendo Direct to it, so it gets some credit. And then the other big shadow drop was a collection that has been rumored for a really long time, Castlevania Advanced Collection. Mm-hmm. All the Castlevania games from the Game Boy Advance, plus plus Dracula X for some reason, <laughs> for some unknown. Sure, reason. why not? Yeah, that's a that's a weird inclusion in part because Dracula X is a completely different style of game. Yeah, from the other, you know, the the other three. Yeah, it doesn't fit. The other three are what you know what we would call Egavanias, you know, yeah. Ega's follow ups to Symphony of the Night. Yep. Um, and they are of their time. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. These games are not as good as I remembered them. No, they they have aged. Uh, Symphony of the Night still great. Um, yeah, always will be. These are still fun. Uh, it's hard. They're hard to look at in places. I will say this: the music's still amazing in Circle of the Moon. Yeah. Circle of the Moon is a pretty clunky game now, um, but that origi- that that music is still awesome. Harmony of uh, what was it? Dissonance. Harmony of Dissonance is. Um, I always forget which one's Harmony of Distance and which one's Harmony of Despair. Oh right, because that was the that was the the multiplayer one. Right, right. Um, dis- even back in the day, Harmony of Dissonance uh, got a lot of shit it from did, the fandom because yeah. it's kind of ugly. The music's not as good. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a bleh. Yeah, but but I don't hate it. I've never hated it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun. I can't. I don't know if I've ever played a Castlevania game that I hated. No, no. Yeah. Um. No, I can't think of one. Some um, are, are better than others. But. A couple, the GB, the, the original Game Boy ones are not. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know if I even count those. Um, <laughs> Everything but, uh, on the original Game Boy. And Ari of Sorrow marked or scratched from my mind. Yeah, and Ari of Sorrow is still good. Still yeah. really good. It's definitely the best game of the three. Yeah. Uh, Dawn of Sorrow is better, but that is a DS game, and I guess we got to wait for the next collection. Uh, the best Egovania, uh, other than Symphony of the Night, is uh, Order of Ecclesia, which yeah. is the third DS one. Um, all, all three DS ones are good. Uh, Portrait of Ruin and Donna Sorrow and Order of Ecclesia are great, but Order, Order of Ecclesia is an all-time great Castlevania game. Hopefully they do some kind of DS collection next. I would not be surprised. Um, and then Dracula X is, of course, uh, you know, Rondo of Blood, uh, whatever version of that you want to call it. Um, I'm really surprised they included that. Which is a weird inclusion because... It's a throw-in, so... It's a throw-in. It's a good Castlevania game, but it is a very different Castlevania game. It is a classic Castlevania game. It's not a... It's not a Castlevania, like a Metroidvania game. Yep. It's uh, straight up, you know, action, twitch, run to the right and whip things. And if you get hit too many times, you die and now you're dead. And then yeah. you got to start over, you know. Because, you know, the original Castlevanias are very, very, very difficult, uh, you know, 
Castlevania 1 and Castlevania 3 and uh, Castlevania 4 and uh, Dracula X are all very difficult uh, side-scrollers. Hell yeah, they um, are. Cut my teeth on those games. Now, the sure. fact that you have a rewind feature is going to help. Yeah, so that's the one thing with the Nintendo Switch Online. You now have a rewind feature. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is uh, also on all of them. So that feature is it's included, in, included for in, in the in the okay. collection, yeah. Um, and uh, I haven't confirmed yet, but I believe you can use the rewind feature to farm like rare items like if you're tr- oh, kill- really? if you're killing like one specific i don't i can't remember it probably so you varies can kill it rewind kill it rewind, until, kill it, drops it, until it, it drops it i think that want. might so but i haven't tested on everything because some games i think it sets what the an- enemies are going to drop as soon as you enter the room so that wouldn't work yeah. but i think there are some that don't determine it until the enemy is killed so if you could if, depending on which game does which games do that you could theoretically rewind like rewind a second <laughs> and just do it over and over until yeah. they drop the thing um, when, with the rarity rates on some of these games, uh, I wouldn't even consider that cheating. It's but just like, no, the rewind. Also, the rewind feature, like I don't consider that cheating at all because these games are hard as nails. A lot of mm-hmm. them, like it's totally fine if you use the rewind feature. I'm not going to hate on you for yeah. it at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was an, the other only other issue was um, uh, the uh, the initial like default control scheme is bonkers. Like, yeah, I had to go in and change it. It's like jump on X, attack on circle map on square and menu on triangle I like, went and switch that attack button over to square. they allow you to change Pro- it yeah, which is get, good it's a little buried but you get yeah. you can find it in there um yeah overall like cool like 20 bucks is the right price for this yep um nice little nostalgia trip uh yeah I, i'd recommend buying it for that yeah, price especially sure. if you're not like us and you didn't play these games back when they came out if these are all new to you and you're a castlevania fan go for it um, yeah. Oh, the other thing I like is th- is that where you're seeing right there when you attack an enemy that has a particular rare item drop or a card drop. There's a feature there. See, it's popping that up. It tells you whether you have its drop or not. Yet. Yeah. So you know whether you need to keep killing it to get what it has to drop, or if you've already got everything. Which is great. From it, which is awesome. Yeah, that's a that's great, a great idea. Quality of life upgrade there for sure. So I think I feel like they did as pretty good a job on this collection as they yeah. could have. Like there wasn't much else you could do uh, without like a full remaster of the games, and nobody wants that. Really. And Konami's not going to do that no, anyway. That's not going to so happen. I'm surprised they even allowed this to happen. No, this so. is great. Like these, I, I, I like the you know. We'll take what we can get from. Konami like you're not these wrong days. that they're kind of creaky now, but yeah. like I'm super happy to have them here and and on a mon modern platforms and having move forward. You know, like rescue these things as you as much as you can from these older systems and let people play them now and let people have access to them legitimately without you know having to go to emulation that's great especially gba because there's literally like two generations of players now oh, yeah. who have probably never played anything yeah, and on gba a had a phenomenal library oh like, one of the best yeah it was like having a super games. it's like having a super nintendo 2 it is you know, yeah, like, absolutely but it was a long time ago it was like 20 years it ago was. <laughs> it's hard to believe the gba era was 20 years ago two decades um, and that's it. That we will put the cap on the Nintendo Direct. Really impressive, mm-hmm. just from top to bottom. Think about how we just discussed all the stuff that they showed. It's that was a great direct. Um, which do you think was better, this direct or the PlayStation presentation? Um, I mean, hard to I, beat God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to step back and try to be objective about it, I would probably say Sony. But like. Nothing in either thing tops Actraiser popping up. I mean, it's so, just the, the fact me. that it's close because you got to remember, Nintendo just did a direct like a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. you would uh, for E3, which yep. is like kaboom, here's all our hot stuff. They come back a couple months later, they got they just reloaded and they're ready for more, which is encouraging to me um, as someone who is kind of looking down uh, down the line at some of the releases for Switch, and it was looking pretty anemic. So 
I do wonder what comes after this stuff. Because hmm. these were a lot of games that we were like, what's going on with game X, Y, or Z? Still no Pikmin 4, obviously. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like we were like, what's up with Bayonetta? We were, for a long time, we were like, what's up with Shin Megami Tensei 5? Those are coming. Yeah. So Finally clearing. I mean, all you got left is Metroid Prime 4. Like, yeah. And like, so now what's next? You now know? The, well, now the, there's rumors about a Metroid Prime remaster coming mm, next that's year. That's right. Yeah, I saw that. For the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Of Metroid Prime. Well, I feel old. There you Woo. go. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that was Nintendo's Direct. What uh, letter grade would you give that? I'm going to give that an A. Me too. Flat A. Not even an A-. No. Really good stuff. There aren't many Nintendo Directs as good Didn't as that Didn't even one. need Breath of the Wild too. Yeah. How do you feel about the... Um, I saw some people romanticizing this on Twitter. How do you feel about the final character for Smash being announced next month? Oh, I could not possibly care less. Yeah, I don't really care either. Um, I mean, I care in some ways, like tangentially. It's like, okay, is, what's Sakurai going to do now? Yeah. You know what the final character should be? Sakurai. Yeah. <laughs> should be him. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. I think people would love that. Yeah. Be fun. And the final homage to him, he says he wants to move on. You think he's going to move on? I don't I mean, there's a difference between do I think he's going to move on and do I think they're going to let him move on? Well, I mean, he, he can do what he wants. He can, but he makes a lot of money for them by making that game. And I mean, he makes a lot of money for himself by <laughs> making that game. So do you think he'll really turn it down? And I don't know. I think they should just keep that platform going, and maybe you know he's laid the groundwork. I feel like you you could probably hand that off to somebody else to to sort of shepherd it from here on out. Mm-hmm. Like I would, re- I I feel like you really don't necessarily want to start Smash Brothers over again with a new installment. Yeah, I mean until you well once they have a new platform, I think you're gonna have to. Yeah, I think you can port that forward. Maybe. Yeah. I think he'll move on and do something else. I think he'll move on and do something else, but I feel like you know when the time comes to do it again, he's going to come back in some mm. form. So you think he'll have like a couple year hiatus? I think he'll do another game, and then like he'll be like, "All right, we got to do another Smash Brothers." <laughs> I mean, he is Mr. That, Smash Daddy Brothers. needs a new yacht. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I do wonder like, does he need any more money? Because look, he's been talking about leaving Smash Brothers development for a long time, mm-hmm. and he hasn't. And He's at the end of the road with this gigantic project he's worked on. Yeah, I mean, part of it could be bribing him with whatever he wants to do next he can yeah. kind of thing. But, like, after that, whatever he wants to do next thing is done, will they try to tempt him back into Well, the they Smash definitely Brothers? will try. Yeah. Will he do it? We'll see. I'd say it's 50-50. Yeah. Depends how much, depends how much money they dangle in yep. front of him. Yep. Money talks. Or creative freedom. Bullshit walks. Yep. All right, so there you go. That's the latest Nintendo Direct and what a Direct it was. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about something tangentially related to Nintendo. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Perfect Dark game for Xbox. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at Andy Monahan saying that he so he never leaves if, <laughs> if, uh, if he's the final character. That would be amazing if like the whole thing with him in the game is he's despairing that he's trapped in the game. <laughs> that whole thing like, let me out. Uh, yeah, W nerd one two three Sakurai is fifty one and looks twenty. I don't yeah. know about twenty, but he definitely does not look his age. No, he uh, he is preserved well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Vincent says whatever the final character is, it's going to be a letdown. Oh, don't rain on our parade to Vincent. somebody. Yeah, like <laughs> no one, no character could make everyone happy. That's true. I mean, people always moan. Although I think most people like Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, hard to hate on Banjo. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Perfect Dark for Xbox. Um, it was a project that was announced to be under development by its brand new studio here in L.A., by the way, called The Initiative. And it is a brand new studio. started from scratch. There are some industry vets who have been kind of knocking around there. 
Um, so I think we had a lot of faith that the studio would be able to get up on its feet and start working on the game. Um, and I won't say that that's maybe unfounded because we don't really know yet, but we did get some interesting news this week, and that is that Crystal Dynamics has joined the initiative to work on Perfect Dark. Mm. What does that tell you about Perfect Dark, Matt? Finally, the Avengers come to Perfect... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. It's a weird choice because I don't associate Crystal Dynamics with like first-person shooters or no multiplayer stuff in a positive no. way, or like what are no. you doing? Exactly. What like, is happening over there? It's a, To me, it's a really bad sign. It's not even like... Oh, we want to. We want tips for our, you know, our our online as a game as a service. Perfect Dark game because of how well they did with Avengers. Like right. that's not in play. It's not either. that either. Yeah. So what's up? I think they need someone to do the heavy lifting. I don't think that they are capable, maybe, of handling the nuts and bolts of game development. Right. Maybe. Now. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Like Crystal Dynamics. I don't think they're coming in for creative input. I think they're coming in to do the grunt work, to actually get the engine up and running, mm-hmm. um, get the systems working, um, get all the features working, depending on what engine that they're deciding mm-hmm. to use. One thing's for sure, Perfect Dark is a long way out. Yeah, like five years out, yeah. maybe. I mean, if you're just now bringing in a studio, basically what's happened is they formed the studio, they paid some other studio to create a CG trailer for Perfect Dark, and then they started trying to figure out, okay, what engine are we going to use? Uh, can we use this engine? Are we skilled enough with this engine? Oh, we can't. We need to find someone to help. Here comes Crystal Dynamics. I mean, the other part too, Matt, is that like, what connection does Crystal Dynamics have to any of this? Um, I mean, there's rumors that uh, Microsoft has been making overtures to buy them out from under Square. Oh, but, I, I was uh, not aware of that. Yeah, I don't huh. know. I don't know how realistic that is. I mean, if you're Square Enix, why do you let? Crystal Dynamics do this. Because you're Square Enix and you make bad decisions. I mean, seriously, though. It makes no sense from either side, honestly. I mean, most studios, when they start, it's a little bit of a bumpy road. That comes with the territory. You're starting a new studio. You have to get your processes. You have to get all your staff in place and Mm -hmm. your talent in place. Like, that part I get. Calling in for backup from some other studio completely unrelated to your company in any way completely unrelated from your publisher in any way, other than the fact that they release mm-hmm. their games on that platform, yeah, ultimately. Erebus Jones makes a good point. Like, maybe Perfect Dark is not a first-person shooter. Maybe they're turning it into a Tomb Raider-style thing. And that was what I was going to get at next. How would you feel about that? I'd be fine with that. Yeah? I think I prefer that. Hmm. I'll say this. I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. Um, is Joe... So I was about to say, is Joanna Dark worthy of a of a game like that? But then I think about she Lara, could be. Then I well then I think about Lara Croft, and I'm like, is she? Yeah. I mean, she's a little more interesting because she's like an archaeologist, and there's... and the J Bone points out that the head of the initiative was the head of Crystal Dynamics, so that's yeah. probably the main connection there. I mean, that's but... why they were the ones called in, right? But working that deal out with Square Enix and Microsoft, mm-hmm. that's. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I mean, I think you could build Perfect Dark into you know, you know, more Tomb Raider esque franchise if you wanted to. Um, I think I think being in first person does do a disservice to Joanna Dark's character in both of the Perfect Dark games. Um, so uh, yeah, I could see that as a reinvention of that that property. Well, I mean, one thing I will say is that Perfect Dark one, not Perfect Dark Zero. Well, actually, Perfect Dark Zero as well. We're pretty story driven. Yeah, they were weird. Remember the. Elvis, the yeah. alien, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was a, there were, there were narratives that could only have come out of a X-Files soaked nineties TV world. Um, 
It was fine. It was, you know, I, so, I don't really remember anything about them, but I do remember Elvis. I mean, in Datadyne and all that. Why is it rare, the studio that's called in to work on this? Because none of the people at Rare worked on I mean, Perfect Dark. I mean, think about how messed up that is. The, no, Rare didn't do any of it. I mean, first the, of the all, people at Rare are all different now. I know that. But still, first of all, they take Perfect Dark. They have Perfect Dark. They don't mm-hmm. give it to Rare to develop. Instead, Rare's working on Everwild, which God knows if that's ever coming out at this point. Um, and they've turned Rare into this, like, utility studio. They mm-hmm. actually, Rare is kind of, they kind of do what Crystal Dynamics is going to do. Mm-hmm. They have become Microsoft's kind of like Sony Bend, this studio or this collection of talent that they have work on other projects. They worked on all, like, the yeah. Kinect stuff. They've worked on, like, the Avatar stuff for But that's Xbox kind of Live. the point, isn't it? It's like... They do all this other stuff, so they may not have the bandwidth to do this. Also, they're on the other side of the planet. Also, they don't already have a rapport with the people that are at the initiative. The initiative has people that came from Crystal Dynamics. They may not be expert. Also, like, when was the last time Rare made anything worth playing? Yeah, I mean, Sea like, of Thieves. Sort of. I mean, that took they whipped that in its shape, yeah. But, like, you know, if they are doing, doing a perfect dark thing and trying to turn it into more of a Tomb Raider thing, Crystal Dynamics makes sense as a consultant on that. It does. But have, do you remember this ever happening before? Where a completely disassociated studio comes into a first-party studio and helps them build a game. I mean, nothing jumps out at me now. Yeah. I can't remember this ever happening. And I've been covering this industry for a long damn time. This is very rare Mm -hmm. to get be punny. Um, I'm definitely discouraged about the idea of this project now. Although, I will say this. If it is indeed turning into a third-person game... I think I might be more excited about that than it being a first-person shooter. But how do you think the fans of Perfect Dark will feel, if there are any? Are there fans of Perfect yeah, Dark I'm at this point? Like, question, are there? I don't think that fan base, if it exists in any you know, real form, is large enough to worth be worth catering to huh. beyond making a new game. Yeah. You know? like, we talk I, about like games that are two generations of players, like, dead. Yeah, I mean, you had, I mean, the, Perfect, you had Dark Perfect Dark, but then, like, does anyone like Perfect Dark Zero? I didn't. Yeah, like I, I don't meet a lot of Perfect Dark Zero fans that I can recall. No, and I was a big Perfect Dark fan before it came out. But yeah. this, this to me, Perfect Dark Zero was the signal that Rare was no longer the same. Yeah, that was when I was like, oh, okay. That's that when it really and, um, hit me that like it's cameo. not. Yeah, it's not a. I thought Cameo was still pretty good and creative, but this to me was like, okay, you have this existing IP that only you guys should understand how to make it great. And it wasn't. And that was when it really hit me for the first time that I was like, you know what? It's all about the people. It's not about, like, the mm-hmm. studios anymore or the name. Um, it's about who's working there. And they had lost a lot of talent for this game, and it showed. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a fan of Perfect Dark Zero. I would rather play the original Perfect Dark again on the N64 than play Perfect Dark Zero. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Even though it runs at um, like eighteen frames a second, I would on rather N64. play. I would rather play Perfect Dark in the Rare Replay collection. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I didn't actually like Perfect Dark very much in the N sixty four. You didn't. I found. I thought it crossed the line into unplayable with the it technical was problems. Right like, on the edge, even with the expansion pack, which they yeah, said it was. was it to... was too choppy and too weird. I mean, do you remember how they? You couldn't play most of the game without the expansion pack. No, yeah, you were, you were locked out of everything except like basically like basic like three versus three multiplayer or something, three yeah. or yeah. something weird. Like you couldn't, all the, you, could you couldn't play, play the campaign. You couldn't like use you... any of the Dark Sims in multiplayer, yeah. which was like a big feature for Perfect mm-hmm. Dark. Um, some of those Dark Sims were evil, um, but yeah, I uh, 
I have. I'll put it to you this way: my, on my hype meter, the new Perfect Dark has dropped way down. Mm. Um, I could be proven wrong. Chris Dynamics could come in and make an excellent third-person game. I do think what Perfect Dark fans are left will be kind of pissed off about that. But if you look at Microsoft's portfolio, which we were just talking about earlier with Sony, it's kind of the opposite of mm-hmm. Sony. It has tons of first-person games and not a lot of third-person games. Yeah. So. It, Certainly not third person's like cinematic narrative right. and stuff. So it actually it doesn't would, have a Tomb Raider. Yeah. So it would kind of make sense to turn Perfect Dark into a third person game. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that is in fact the case. Um, but it's not a good look to have this new studio that Microsoft spends. I don't even know how much money it spent founding the studio, and mm. it's around for what about a year, year and a half, and then they have to call in backup to develop their project. It's not good, um, and I'm sure Microsoft isn't happy about it because. Why do you found a studio? I forget to hire another studio to come and finish their game. And I do wonder if the initiative lasts after this. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to happen to that studio? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like they're just not big enough to tackle whatever. Or skilled enough yeah. or experienced enough or something. But like, I, don't, I don't know if it's that dire, really. Um, also, like my hype level for a new Perfect, perfect Dark game might as well be on the floor already. So like, oh. it doesn't really change much. Like, I'll give it a chance, but I'm not... You know, I, I forget that this game exists on a regular basis. Oh, you know. okay. I do not. Um, I didn't. I liked Perfect Dark though. I yeah, but also campaign. I like Perfect Dark. Okay, I mean, I didn't. I didn't stick with it the way I did. We did with Goldeneye. It didn't last. We went back to Goldeneye oh, pretty fast. We did too. Frankly. We went back to multiplayer Goldeneye. But yeah. I played through this campaign and I really liked it. Yeah, but like, it's twenty years ago. I, know. Like, I don't care yeah. that much. Like, I, I've lived just fine without Perfect but Dark. Tracer was. 20 some years ago yeah but i've kept up with act razor and played it <laughs> replayed it over and over again per- perfect dark was like a three-month period of my life that i don't miss so yeah um you make a new perfect dark that like grabs my attention especially when it's more of a tomb raider thing it makes this character into something worth paying attention to great uh if not uh i got other stuff to play like perfect dark is is a non-entity on my hype meter right now and we'll see what it, what that becomes as we see more of it going forward but i feel like we got a long time before we have to worry about that we're also fortunate in that we own all three consoles that's not the right. case for a lot of people some people have to decide which one and people bought xbox series x instead of a playstation yeah, well if whatever. you're buying xbox series x for these eventual exclusives you're probably not making a great decision right now yeah it is a good daily driver but in terms of the exclusive stuff that, that microsoft will eventually deliver uh, it's a long way to wait. It and is by the time by yeah. the time you need to worry about buying Perfect Dark, you could probably save up. You could probably buy a PS5 now and save up the money to buy an Xbox in 2024 That's or whenever true. that happens. Yeah, that does seem to be about when we could expect it to be released. Yeah. 2024. That seems realistic. Yeah, I feel like we're, being, we're gonna be playing Fable before we're playing this. Yeah, you're probably right. At least I hope so. Because Fable's yeah. been in development for a while now. Yeah, Fable's so. been the rumors of that 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 have been flying around for about three years now. So. We should get a look at that in the not too distant. Future. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping the Game Awards show us some Fable finally. Yep, that seems to be perfect timing. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the initiatives. Perfect Dark. Uh, not exactly the news that you want to hear, um, unless you're interested in a third-person Perfect Dark game. Um, and in that case, having Crystal Dynamics come on the team makes a whole lot of sense, and you might be even more excited mm-hmm. now than you were before, because ultimately. All you care about is the end product. You don't care about how the sausage is made. All you care about is how good does the sausage taste yeah. at the end. And the, so. mo- the millions of people that will make this a multi-million seller will never even hear about this. That's true. Yep, they won't even know. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Overwatch 2. Um, 
So in addition to the direct happening, there was a big event for Overwatch this weekend. It was like one of its biggest esports tournaments or whatever. It's like the Grand Championship Finals of 2021 or whatever. Um, I do not follow a lot of esports, if you can't tell. <laughs> I've tried. I just can't. It just doesn't do it for me, Matt. And it's not yeah. like I, I'm even very competitive. Yeah, I've lost my even my interest in the fighting game stuff to a large degree uh, because all the people because I was into it a lot of the time, you know, like 10 10, 15 years ago, because mm-hmm. most of the people playing were people I knew. Yeah. You know, like I knew them. I hung out with them at these events. We, you know, we went to dinner afterwards with a lot of them. You know, like, like I say, I still say hi to them if I see them at, yeah. at various places, but like, not that we go to various places anymore. <laughs> but, um, but like once, more various places like too. once the, the kind of the generation turned over and like all the people competing and in the, you know, they end up in the finals now are no longer the people I knew. They're all people I don't know. Um, I mean, more power to them because that's just how it works. That the, the young blood come in, comes in and replaces it. Like I, you yeah. know, I'm a big fan of, of punk and all those, all all those new players. But at the same time, I don't have the emotional investment and the personal investment in rooting for you know people I consider my friends or my acquaintances. Yeah, and I kind of lost it. Got like, like I've always said about the sports stuff, I will never care about what two strangers can do with a ball, right? And which one can do it better. Yeah. Uh, and we're you know, esports are kind of the same. Like, I don't yeah. care who's better at playing a video game. If, if I don't know you, if I don't, if I'm not rooting for someone who I have some kind of personal connection to, I don't care. Yeah, like I mean, I'll be honest. Like, like if you magically, I love de- sports. Yeah, if you magically de-aged and became an NFL player in your new 20 year old body, I would watch the NFL to root for you. Yeah. Um, but I would not care otherwise. <laughs> like that, that is the only thing that would make me care. Is like, it's like even for me, I'm I love sports, but like, will I watch if before fantasy football? Did I watch a ton of other NFL games besides the Steelers? No, mm-hmm. I really didn't. I watch the Steelers game. Right. I may watch their Because you rivals. have a personal stake in that. Yeah. Once fantasy football started, that's when I started right. watching all the other games. So, again, once competition layered on top of competition happened, that's when I got into it. Right. But you're right. If you don't have a rooting interest, interest is generally minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't watch a lot of esports. And Overwatch has tried to kind of combat that by, you know, establishing the regional teams. Yes. You know, there's the different and other leagues have followed suit. Like yeah. NBA 2K now does that. Yeah, like that seems to actually work pretty yeah. well. Yeah, it um, does seem that way. So, uh, I mean, it's all they're all based here, really. Yeah. Mostly, but like, or they were. I don't know what they are, what they're doing now. I heard they were going to spread out and actually pl- practice in the in play in the cities they're actually supposed to be from. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. But, but right knows? now everything's virtual. Yeah. And blah blah blah. Uh, that'll hopefully change in the not too distant future, though. Uh, but anyway, debut during halftime of this big Overwatch tournament this weekend was really the first official big chunk of gameplay from Overwatch 2. Um, and they released a lot of details as well. And I think the first thing that I would say, and I was alluding to this earlier when I was talking about it, is that when I was talking about Splatoon 3, is I don't know that Overwatch 2 needs to exist. So... Some of the big things that they announced this weekend. First of all, this what you're watching is the brand new mode, which is going to be the primary mode for Overwatch 2, which is called Push, I believe. Yeah, it's called Push. And you basically are just, instead of a cart, I believe it was an Overwatch 1, you're, lead, you're escorting a huge mech to the other end of the map while the other team tries to stop you. It doesn't seem all that different from what was in Overwatch 1. Yeah, other than, like, you can't stand on the mech as easily. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, because whereas before you could kind of stand on the wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they obviously they showed gameplay of the big mode that's coming for Overwatch 2. And then they talked about reworks for two different characters. Um, Sombra is getting a big rework. Her primary attack will do 50% more damage to hack targets. 
Um, her EMP ultimate doesn't remove shields anymore, but it, now it does damage uh, by up to 40% of their total health, the enemy's total health. Um, the manual hack has shorter cooldowns. It can be, be performed while invisible. That's actually a pretty big deal, and it will last longer. And then the other character that they profiled was Bastion, which is the robot that everyone loves that has a little canary bird mm-hmm. that uh, kind of lands on his shoulder. Um, he, I guess it's a he, they removed his self-heal, hmm. which is kind of the hallmark of that character. They got rid of it. Um, but now, and they replaced that with sticky grenades. That seems like a downgrade. Yeah, like, okay. Uh, and now it has a new gun that makes him more of a sniper class. Mm. Um, one thing that's cool, though, is his old ultimate used to be turning into a tank. Right. But now you can turn into the tank as a normal ability hmm. on a cooldown. So that is what I do like that change. So what used to be his ultimate will now happen a lot more frequently. Um, and I'm okay with that. And then what else? Oh, he has his new ultimate to replace the tank is an artillery strike that has that come. You can choose the spots at three different spots on the map. Um, also, he now wears a hat because reasons. Sure, <laughs> it's a robot who wears a hat. Uh, okay. Uh, so those two characters, I feel like these reworks are being done just because they need to change something. Mm-hmm. They they. Well, they, they are they're theoretically addressing problems that they've you know have, have cropped up in like high balance level balance issues or yeah. in high high level play. Yeah. But here's the other thing, Matt. The game itself is going through a pretty massive transformation. So matches that they showed during this is five versus five. So what a lot of people are speculating is that the tanks are just going to be taken out of the game, which is a huge part of Overwatch One. Mm-hmm. Um. They're also shifting the game to more of a focus, and this is actually something I agree with because it's something I I hate, not just in Overwatch, but in a lot of competitive games. They're shifting the, the focus to individuals versus teamwork because, so this is kind of contrary to what you were saying, Matt. Like they, Other things they've tweaked for high-level play. This, I feel, is a tweak that they're making for low-level play, for mm-hmm. matchmaking. Because, yeah, because well, at a high level of play, you're, the teamwork's going to need to be there regardless. Because yeah. you are dealing with people that know the game inside out and, I, and out, and the difference is going to be the synergy of a team. Right. If you're playing just like as a casual player or a you know a, a ladder player or whatever, like yeah, being being able to like succeed better on your own, like when you're playing with a bunch of randos, like yeah, that's going to be a better experience. Well, yeah, because counting on the randos to do what's right is a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in any multiplayer game, let alone a shooter. And that's one thing that I would agree that Call of Duty has got right. It has figured out that most people are selfish and they just mm-hmm. want to get kills and they want to have fun. Thank and they God, don't... if it was anything we learned over the last year and a half. Yeah, exactly. And they don't want to team up with people. They don't want to have to count. And, I, and I'm to the point where I don't want to have to count on other people. It drives me crazy in Call of Duty. Like when you go into a room mm. and you assume that the other teammates with you are going to do certain things because they're on your team. And as it turns out, they don't give a crap that they're on your team at all. They just want to do whatever's fun for them or whatever builds their KD. It drives me crazy. So it even it still happens in Call of Duty. It was way worse than Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just in matchmaking with random players, people did not – and there are intricate things you have to do in the first Overwatch with teams to be successful at the game. It's one of the reasons I didn't stick with it. I played it like here and there. But I never had sustained oh, yeah. moments in my life where I kept playing Overwatch. I mean, I you know, my, it was frustrating. My ex girlfriend played it constantly. I would talk about her on the show doing that, mm-hmm. and like, 
you know, I didn't understand what I was seeing when I'd watch her play a lot of the time. And it was it was her whole day. I, I, she'd, she'd sit there practically and play a full time job. Yeah. Um, because everybody had to keep up with the changes, and it, it was it was a lot. She played Mercy most of the time. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it was uh, every time the meta would change, like people like they would literally practice together. I'm like, I, I that's a job to me. That's it not, is. It's not yeah, a fun. It takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, these are the changes that they've announced and that they showed to Overwatch Two. And going back to my original point, why? What? Not all of this could have been done in Overwatch One. Well, like they are going to be done in Overwatch One. Oh, they're gonna retroactively change. Yeah, I don't think they are. Well, yeah, because it's all one platform. Like, no. Overwatch, yes, Overwatch Two is just gonna be an upgrade, basically. Wait, Overwatch One will go away. Overwatch One will kind of remain Overwatch, but the main upgrade of Over, but but the the changes, as I understand it, the changes to the multiplayer are going to also take effect in Overwatch One. Well, they if you have not upgraded, because Overwatch Two's upgrade is mainly new characters and the story based campaign. Well, they look. They said at this esports tournament that Overwatch League is officially switching to, to Overwatch, Overwatch Two, 2 yeah. next spring. Right, but that's so that, in like five months, actually. Right, but that means like with the new characters and the new graphics or whatever. But as I recall, when they originally talked about it, if you don't get the Overwatch Two upgrade, the the changes to the multiplayer will still apply to your copy of the game. Oh. Like, that will all still be in play for everyone who plays the game. Huh. Like, the upgrade to Overwatch 2 is more of a no upgrade to, to characters and the campaign, as I understood it. Huh. I don't know if that's changed, because I haven't really paid attention. I mean, you're going to have to buy Overwatch 2, is what I'm getting at. Probably. No, you, you are. You, they're going to be a new, it's a new product, a new SKU, that you're going to have to spend new money for. Right, but to get the new stuff, the multiplayer is going to all be the same thing. I don't think it is, man. I think that that is what they said before. Then if why would they make that, a point to say that they're switching the Pro League over to Overwatch Because 2? that will give them access to the new characters and the new like graphics and maps and stuff. Like, if, But otherwise, like there will be a, a kind of a gimped version of Overwatch that huh. is still for people who did not upgrade Overwatch 2. That is under that is how I understand that to work. Why so this actually leads to a bigger question. Why are there ever sequels for games as a service? Doesn't it go against the entire idea of a game as a service? Mm-hmm. Like why is there Destiny 2? Um that was Activision's insistence. Okay. Like Bungie so agrees you, with you. You believe if Bungie had Bungie his, agrees had his with you. Druthers. No, they've said that out, outright. Oh, they did okay. not want to do that. I did not know. They that. did. Okay. They did not want to. That's why there is no Destiny Three now that they're free of Activision. Okay. That's so why, why all those is big. Is there an Overwatch Two? You think that's because Activision, Activision wants it? Uh, I'm guaranteed. It's the same, you're talking about the same publisher. They want to get that sixty bucks. That, again. Put the, yeah, you put that number at the end of something, you can charge sixty bucks for it. I'm sure that's it. Dirty. I'm sure that's it. It's really dirty. There's no reason for this game to be a new SKU. None. Like, it, look, if you want to charge, I mean, it could be a like a twenty like a, bucks, yeah, or char- whatever, a paid upgrade. DLC upgrade, yeah, totally cool with that. I understand it. Overwatch a lot Neo of work. or right. some shit, yeah. yeah, and just have a subtitle for it or whatever. But I no, they it. they want a full price sequel. You, yeah, you need to pay for the labor. But that went yeah, into Bungie, making, but. Bungie has outright said they didn't want to do Destiny two, but Activision insisted on it, and <sighs> that's why if you look at the the up the the big update expansion they did last year for Destiny two, that was Destiny three. Oh. Like, that was enough content right. to be Destiny really 3, yeah. but they just updated the existing yeah. platform because they agree with you. So you think um, Bungie will ever revert and just start calling it, like... Overwatch? No, Destiny. Oh, Destiny? I mean, I think they'd like to, but I don't know. I don't want the legality. Yeah, how do you go is. back Because Destiny is an Activision game. Right. Right. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> it gets really complicated. <laughs> wow. The Tangled Web. Yeah. For sure. Um... But 
Do you agree with me though? There's no reason for sequels to games as a service. I mean, it seems like it, other yeah, than it's kind of what I was saying about Smash Brothers. Another sixty bucks. It, it seems like it would be smarter to just keep building on it. But I know that there's also the element of it's easier to build hype and get outside people into it and interested if you're talking about a full-fledged new number sequel right now is overwatch gonna two gonna pull that kind of attention i don't know like yeah uh, well that's the other thing we have we don't have a release date but since it is replacing the original overwatch in the pro league in spring wouldn't you assume it's coming out before next spring before like March, April, May, I would think so. I mean, that, yeah. if they're talking about ter- changing, you know, I mean, they might obviously have access to it before the general public does. But that would seem like you know, before June, everybody would be playing Overwatch too. Yeah, and look, adding a legitimate campaign that should make a big difference. Yeah, um, especially because like that has been board. a big draw. I mean, people, the fan base has been very interested in the world and the characters and. Fan fiction and fan art is huge, and those CG shorts were a big deal every time they'd come out. Like, they should be, they should have been capitalizing on the fiction and the narrative and the world and all, all those characters, like, from the beginning. Like, the fact that the first game didn't have a campaign is nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Like, it I'm, because I am interested in the Overwatch world. I would I probably, do too. I would probably play a campaign. I, look, I already even played it, and I love these characters. Yeah. Like, Blizzard's really good at that stuff. They are. They really yeah. are. Like, like, I haven't played it. You know, I haven't played this game since the first month it was out, but I still know all the characters' names yeah. and who they are and what, their, re- what their relationships are with each other. I remember all those CG shorts. Like, they did a great yeah. job with that. Uh-huh. Like, they, in terms of the character shooter, they no one has done this better. Yeah. I mean, think about how many came and went yeah. since this game launched. And it's not like Overwatch is doing great. It's yeah. struggling a little it bit. It's struggling. Seems, yeah. Especially in the terms of making the esports thing worth it mm-hmm. for them financially. Right. But, um... In terms of like being a brand that I am aware of and know about and remember and identify with characters for, like there's no equivalent in this subgenre. That's true. Like yeah. they've done it better than everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe look. Maybe the campaign is huge. Yeah, I don't know. Hours I, and then maybe that does make it worth giving it the two and charging the sixty bucks. But yeah, I don't know. Like well, there's a lot of unknowns here still. But like in terms of like you know. It is, it's not unreasonable to assume that the focus is still going to be on multiplayer, and that's what's going to keep the game alive, alive. And, and longevity for it. Yeah. And like you know, and yeah, you. But it doesn't sound like they're splitting the user base too much. That's just what the multiplayer is going to morph into, and you want the bells and whistles and stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to pay for the Overwatch too. Or if you want to play with the original roster of characters before they were tweaked and overhauled. Well, no, that's all going to be the same. So even if you play Overwatch there is not 1, going, you're not going to be play, no, play the old version no, of Bastion? That, as I understand it, no. Those are, those are going to universally change. That might piss people off. Overwatch has done that twice now, so it's not like Well, no this precedent. is the first sequel, quote Sequel, unquote. but they have completely changed the game from the ground up twice already. Yeah. So it's not like there's no precedent for this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's the latest on Overwatch 2. I know some of you guys are into it. Um, I always run into people just randomly that are like, do you play Overwatch 2? And I'm like mm. no, or play Overwatch, and I'm like no. I tried it a few times. I never got into it. It has, it does have a big audience of people who are really passionate about it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how tweaking some of these. I mean, these are big characters. Bastion's probably the biggest, most popular character from the roster. I would think so. he's up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, to make a big change the, like that, he's the it? only one to get a third party toy made out of him. From as well as I know, oh, that's true. One of, the, one of the companies that makes third party Transformers made a Bastion a couple of years ago. They also gave him like a 13 minute CG short. Yep. Yeah, the one, the longest one that they've ever done. So they they get it too. So be interesting to see how people react. And it looks like this game's coming pretty soon. It seems like we should be getting a lot more updates on this than we are, because uh, it seems like they're about six months out. So maybe that'll start ramping up here in the near mm-hmm. future. But as of right now, that is the latest on Overwatch Two. All right. Next, we're gonna move on <laughs> to a game that I played this week, Matt. 
and I realized very quickly that I was completely out of my depth. I I have dabbled in FIFA here and there mm-hmm. over the last handful of years. I have not played it religiously since literally like the N64 PlayStation era. And there was a time there where I was like into it, like going down to my neighbor's place, playing like eight matches a day. He was re- he was maybe the best FIFA player I've ever seen. I never I don't think I ever beat him because uh, it was his game. I didn't have the cartridge. He had it. It was like World Cup 98 or something like that. Um, and I played it a lot and got pretty good at it, but he was like a god at it. And um, so I haven't played it a ton since then. I always just like play it a little bit here and there to just kind of make sure I understand what's going on with it. And then I played FIFA 22. <laughs> oh my gosh, Matt. Oh my gosh. I I play Madden no problem. Every sports game no problem. NBA 2K. Like I can pick that up and within five minutes I got the control scheme down. I'm at least moderately competitive at it. FIFA, it, it has become this thing that is almost completely unmanageable for someone to jump into who hasn't been playing it. Look, and I just want to say, before we get started, if you haven't picked up on it by now, I am by no means a FIFA expert. I came at this game from the perspective of someone who was a lapsed player who wanted to play the new one because they also have advertised it as a big revolutionary uh, step forward for the franchise. So I came, I was like, I want to be like the guy who hasn't played it for a while, who comes in, sees how intuitive, intuitive it is, sees if the changes that they've made over time have been worth it. But Matt, this has to be one of the most complicated games i've played in like three years Hmm. it is insane so i'm like what happened to just like you know pass kick shoot slide tackle Mm -hmm. and look you can select like classic controls where the four face buttons actually are those and i was able to just like play but oh my god even against the computer on like the average difficulty setting I had no chance. The computer just scored on me every shot. Every shot that I took sailed like 20 feet over the crossbar. I could never even get the shot mechanic down. Like, I don't know if you just have to like blow on the shot button so it doesn't like the power doesn't go so high that it kicks it into the stands. Like the whole game just seemed completely bloated and overwrought. Now look, I'm sure there are people that play FIFA that are being like, yeah, but if you played it all along, like you don't have to have played Madden all along to be able to jump into Madden and at least like play it. Yes. But Madden is not the beautiful game. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was just like, holy crap, dude. Like everything you do in this game, hold left bumper and another button, hold both bumpers and another button. Hold the right bumper in another button. Hold the left bumper and the left trigger in another button. It is insane. It's like a fighting game for soccer, <laughs> I guess is the best way I could describe it. Um, I mean, with the variety of what you can do on the soccer pitch, or like, it makes sense to me that you'd want to simulate all that stuff for the really hardcore people and like give it, you know, because it has always felt very simplified in video games to me, and like giving you the options of, of doing all the fancy stuff, like that, that's all there. It makes sense, but like the problem is like. I don't know enough about football to know that I can or would want to do any of the things that I would have to hold left bumper to do, you know? You don't need it. Is, it, just, it, is, just, is it just, like, style it's just stuff? It's frivolous, or? stylish stuff. Because here's the thing. So this mode in FIFA has become a really big thing. It's called Volta. 
And it's all about like dribbling and controlling the ball in tight, confined spaces and style for the most part. And it's still a big part in this as well. But all that stuff, because they had to work on it for Volta, has leaked over into the base game. And again, like, I agree with you. For people who have been playing this forever, like, sure, you want to keep adding stuff so they can get better at the game or they can enjoy playing the game more. I just don't feel like you should have to be doing this wacky stuff to be competitive, is what I'm getting at. Or at least have fun playing the game. Like, again, playing against the computer, they're doing all this crazy stuff. They're doing the dribbles, like, back heel kicks, like, over me and then running around me and getting the ball. And then, like, I can still do, like, the through balls um, is, and I can do like give and goes. Like I know the basics of what used to be advanced. I, I, I know what advanced play used to be and I can still do that stuff in this game, but it's not good enough. It's not enough to succeed and be good at it. Um, the shooting stuff, I don't even know what they're thinking with the way the shooting works in this game. Again, I'm sure people who play FIFA all the time are like, what the hell is Shane talking about? The shooting's great. I love it or whatever. I'm just telling you as somebody who has lapsed on this franchise and came back to it, I could not put the ball on net. It, no matter how little I hit the button, the power was too much, and it was kicking the ball into the stands. I I felt completely inept playing this game. And again, I used to play this game a lot, so I'm not like a total noob. But it has changed so much over the last, I guess, decade, honestly, mm-hmm. that I felt like I could not even really play it anymore. Yeah, well, Cinetic is saying that it, like basically it became the WRC rally to generic driving games. Like It's all about the simulation now. It's all about giving you the realism and the and the and the options and the moves but like that does sound like it's a little alienating to someone that is just wants to play a, a soccer game yeah i just wanted to go and just have fun and play some soccer i mean that doesn't seem like what sports games are anymore i mean madden's kind of that way i could just jump I, into madden and yeah play but it. you understand football i mean i understand soccer too yeah but you don't understand soccer in the way you understand football that's true yeah and, like, I would probably have an easier time getting into FIFA than football because I don't understand football strategy. No, I don't think you would. I really don't. I think you'd be able to jump into Madden and be competent, like, right away. Mm. Like, you'd know how to run the ball and just hit a button and do a spin move. Like, you've been doing that since Madden whatever on the mm-hmm. Genesis. Like, it hasn't changed that much, even from the 16-bit era. And, again, I wouldn't care if all this stuff were in there, but you need to do it to be competitive. Well, maybe a better comparison would be like something like NBA. Yeah, 2K. Because there's a lot more... Just there's the, a little just, more nuance there. The more nuance and the amount of freedom and what you can do with a ball as a, as a player on the on the court is probably more comparable to like, you know, you don't dribble a football in American football. Like yeah. It, it is very, it, it, the actions of American football are actually pretty simple when you get down to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, whereas basketball is a much more freeform sport. Yeah. Um, I haven't played any of those. I put those in my fantasy team all the time, but I haven't played any of the 2K <laughs> NBA games in a long time. Just a business decision. Yes. Uh, and look, I'll just get into a little more detail here. The player switching. Sure uh, looks nice. It's pretty. It's so... Some of the players look amazing. Some of the players look like they're literally <laughs> from like the Xbox era. Like They pick and choose which players look good. It's really weird. Like I, No other sports game does that. In every other sports game, all the players are of the same quality. Mm. Not in this one. There are some players that literally are built of less polygons than other players. I, I'm not kidding you. It's weird. Um, maybe, players maybe that's just what they look like. No. no? <laughs> it's not what's going on. It, you sure they're not just Italian? <laughs> uh, player switching in this game. <laughs> so 
when I was trying to play it as on default, the computer does it for you. It automatic, and I was like, no, 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 that's bullcrap. So I went in and I set it on manual. Even when you set player switching on manual, the com- there are still times where the computer will automatically switch players for you. I mm-hmm. swear to God, this was happening. And like at the worst times, like player running into the box, like getting ready to shoot, and the computer will just switch to the dude like standing next to the goalie instead of the guy that I have running alongside the guy with the ball, like. Hmm. I don't know if there's some kind of weird trick to that that players who play it understand it and get around it. I don't know. I will say this. There is no corny story mode in this like there is in Madden. No? Because it well, looked like, was that the tutorial? That's the tutorial. Okay. Yeah. So when the game starts, you go through this little cinematic thing with like Beckham and all the big okay. footballers. Um, but it's just to teach you how to We're play the game. We're going to game a footy together in the plaza, in yeah, the piazza. Right, Let's right. Go. So after you get through that, that's it. There's no like okay. mode. Although I will say this. That tutorial is just as corny and bad as Madden story <laughs> modes. Um, I t- wouldn't be surprised if the same team is working on those. Um, yeah, so the player switching I had a lot of problems with. Um, Volta, they, they, did, they didn't change a whole lot about that. They just added more customization options. And here's a crazy thing, Matt. So there are these Volta mini games. One of them is like foot tennis. You ever seen that where there's like it's like tennis with a lower net and you just play oh, with yeah, your feet? Well, that's in here, but you can only play it on the weekend. Yes, I'm like, not making like this the up. real weekend, like our yes, weekend, like our Saturday and Sunday. Okay, figure that one out. <laughs> so I saw it on Sunday, and I was like, "Oh, I'll check that out." I ran out of time and just watched football and forgot about it. Went to play it yesterday, and it's locked out. They're like, "You can only play this on the weekend." That what is weird logic is that? It's crazy. It's like as, as a game as a negative service. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played Ultimate Team, and I have not experienced a lot of Ultimate Team on FIFA. I've mostly experienced it on Madden. It's pretty much the same. They're a little scummy with it. Like, they do keep kind of, like, asking you to spend real money here and there. But mm-hmm. the amount of time that I spent in it, I didn't need it. Like, I earned, like, enough cards on my own without having to spend real money. Now, I'm sure if I wanted, like, a superstar, like Maradona or whatever, I probably would have to spend money for a deck. Um, but it seemed to me, at least in the early going, they were pretty generous with cards, but that was also the case with Madden. Like, the first few hours you play Ultimate Team in Madden, it seems great, and the more you start playing it, that's when the microtransactions start getting a little more mm-hmm. intrusive. That's how they get you. Yep, absolutely. Um, but I, I don't know. It, going through the tutorials even, I couldn't even complete the tutorials. Like, I felt like I was learning how to type. Again, <laughs> I felt like I got transported back to like the eighth grade or whatever it was when I learned how to type and I'm standing there and I'm sitting there at my desk going A, 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 D, D, D. Like I, <laughs> I felt completely out of sorts. Um, Schneeky says, Shane, did you press the right analog at all? Because that also changes players. I did not. I was using the L bumper or L1. If you're playing on PlayStation, I was playing this on Xbox. Uh, so I was using the left, the LB, the left bumper to switch. And Again, even if I had it set on manual, it would just automatically switch to players. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but that seems really bizarre to me. Um, and again, the shooting seemed really ins- really uh, insanely sensitive. It seems like you just literally have to breathe on the shoot button to get the power right to shoot a, a shot that isn't going to blow over the crossbar. Um, I don't know. I just, I really did not have much fun playing this at all. And I played it because I thought I was going to have fun. I wanted to play a soccer game. And it look, it's loaded with modes. There's 
season modes where you can play as either the manager or a player and there's crazy customization options as far as like the design and the options in the game it's right up there with madden like you will never run out of ways to play this game again the whole volta thing is like a whole other section of the game that you can just play that if you're more into like the freestyle stuff so it look it's a great package as far as like what you're getting i'm just and i'm sure people who play fifa are probably going to love it like there's a new thing in the game called like hyper motion or something like that it's supposed to so in soccer games all this time there's always been like this invisible string that has tied the ball to the player so when you run down the field it's not like the ball is actually independent of your character there's like a magnet that keeps it attracted to you well they say now with this new motion system that they have that the physics are independent of the ball and the player i honestly could not see any difference from prior fifa games maybe people who played a lot can tell the difference I did not. The other thing that I was surprised that they have not fixed that has been in FIFA for forever is the how players don't stop and cut. Every You always have to run in like a circle. <laughs> so it's like if you want your player to stop and start running the other direction, it's like an arc that you draw with the player. Like I just didn't feel – it felt the same, honestly. After all these years, it still felt like I did not have total control over the characters on the pitch. It felt like – like, once you got up to a certain speed, and that is kind of realistic, the harder you run, the less easy it is to be precise. And that's just, if you're a human, that's the way it works. But you can always stop and cut and go the other direction. This game, you have to do, like, loops. It, I don't know. Hmm. Overall, I was just disappointed that it hadn't advanced as far as I thought it should have advanced, based upon how long it had been since I had actually played it. Um, and then in other ways, like, it advanced too much to where you needed to be too good at the game to actually function within the game so if you haven't figured it out yet i did not have fun playing fifa 22 <laughs> and again this is not me telling fifa players whether they're gonna like it or not you i'm sure you guys are gonna love it you guys will probably think the new motion mechanics or game changers or whatever but i think most people are like me they like football or soccer um, they may have played some FIFA in the past. They don't check it out every year, and they will not, maybe, you know, there's a big new feature. Maybe this is a year they check it out. That's what I did, and no thanks. No thanks. I could not find a way to play FIFA 22 that I enjoyed. Um, and I could not find a way where I was competitive either. Even against the computer, on like a basic setting, hmm. it was just whooping my ass. Like, I within like the first 10 minutes of a game, it was like four to nothing. Hmm. And I was like, okay, should I be taking manual control of my goalie or something. Every other FIFA game, that was always a terrible idea, by the way. I don't know if now they've improved that part of it. I didn't try. Um, but I would say this. If you have not played FIFA for a long time, and you might be interested in getting back into it with this or maybe buying 21 for a discount once 22 comes out, um, I would just say be prepared to dedicate yourself to it. Otherwise, it's really, really frustrating. Um, I just wanted to jump in and play a game of soccer and have some fun. I don't feel like this franchise allows for that anymore. You need to be dedicated. You're going to have to learn all the crazy special dribbles, all the crazy special passes. Um, there is just a li – it literally looks like a fighting game when you, like, open the menus and look at the controls. And the funny part is it says basic controls. Mm. And it's just this list of, like, three, four, five button commands. And I'm just like, what? Like, I don't know. I was um, pleasantly – disappointed or i'm uh, surprisingly disappointed mm. in fifa 22 i really thought that there would be <laughs> pleasantly disappointed pleasantly disappointed in fifa 22 um again 
Oh, Sneaky saying, interested to know what teams you use. Uh, let's see. I use Chelsea for one game. Um, most of the modes start you in MLS. So because it's like rags to riches, you want to start as a young buck learning, and then eventually your player gets better and you end up getting picked up by other teams or put on loan to other teams. So I played one game as Chelsea. Um, I played another game as Argentina. And then I played mostly MLS. So that's what I did. I don't know if that makes a difference. But again, I'm not tackling this game on behalf of people who love FIFA already. I approach this game as someone who likes soccer, has liked FIFA before, and just wanted to go back and see if it was for them. It is not for me. And I don't think it'll be for you either unless you're ready to be really patient. I think that's all I need to say. Mm-hmm. And that's all people want to hear because people hate it when we talk about sports games on Game Face. All right, let's move on to the last topic of today's show. We're going to talk about Diablo 2 Resurrected. Did you buy it, Matt? I did. So did I. Um, Are you happy about it? Kind of. Like, yeah. it's it's good. It, you know, it's Diablo 2. It's I'm not fun. just talking about the game. I'm talking, like, morally. Oh. And... I mean... I I felt okay with it in the end because of uh you know my friends over at Blizzard kind of being like you know it's not it's about the the is we aren't the ones holding them to account it's it's the law and and California although today's judgment uh for the one suit uh is fining Activision 18 million dollars which is like what they make in seven minutes from microtransaction on, on Call of Duty, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's, that's so. not even a slap on the wrist. No, it, it, slap on the wrist is the too joke. harsh a, t- a term for that. Do you think yeah. maybe that was the maximum they could? Maybe. Like, I don't know. I'm I wondering. Lo- I only saw the number. I haven't looked into, like, the. I haven't had time to look at the details on it. Um, but that's not going to teach them. I mean, Bobby Kotick made something like $350 million last year. $18 million is like asking me for a quarter. I know. Like, it's nothing. That's insane. They got off scot-free. Yeah. They skated by. And there are other suits still in progress, but like that one did not uh, teach them anything. I don't think. No, that's awful. Um, so that's that's disappointing. I felt a little weird buying it. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled about it, but like, I don't know. Um, I felt the need to do it. I mean, if I didn't have to talk about it on the show, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, but you know, it felt important to talk about, and it's an uh, important game. Yeah. There's no getting around and it. I was curious about it anyway, and I did like Diablo 2. I did, uh, I, I, one of the main things it's done is remind me that I like Diablo 1 better. Um, <laughs> like, I don't dislike Diablo 2, but I do kind of feel like it's the weakest of the three. I didn't have much fun with it. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't play very long either. You're going to have I, to lead most of this. I played a fair amount of it. I mean, I'm not tons. I'm like level 20 or something at this point, but like, I played it for like an hour to get footage. Well, I play it more than that, but like, um, like I'm on Act 2 now at least, but like, First off, um, my TV keeps going to sleep. Playing this, but I play it because it doesn't recognize <laughs> there's anything happening on the screen because it's so damn dark. I have, wow. I have brightness turned all the way up, and it just and I can't turn I can't turn the dimness thing off on the TV. If there's a setting for that, I haven't been able to find it. It is so dark. Every, Look at every the B-roll. 20, yeah, every twenty to thirty minutes, I'll suddenly realize I can't see anything, and the the, the life globe is really dark red, and I'm like, oh, and so I got to pick my remote up and wiggle it around. Because now, as I got further into the game and more spells started to happen, and like demons started casting fire at me and stuff, like the movement of the bright fire will wake the screen up, <laughs> like automatically. But I've been very amused by the fact that the game is so dark that my TV thinks there's no picture. I mean, if you look at the B roll, it appears that the corners of the screen are blacked. Yeah, it does look like there's some kind of like there's an overlay or something. Yeah. 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 Um, 
It's almost like a fog of war that's yeah, over that's not, the entire game. I mean, I mean it's, the, it's the light radius of the character. Right. Like, that's yeah. always been a thing there, but like it's uh-huh. it's much harsher in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, also, like, look, it's been a long time since I played Diablo too. Um, was there always a sprint in this game with a stamina so. meter? Like, was that always a thing? I think so. I, I just don't remember having to micromanage that as much. I mean, as it has been a long time for all of us. Yeah, and I, I would say that nostalgia. De- I was definitely had some nostalgia glasses on for this game. I. I struggled to keep playing this, even to get footage. I was like, I don't want to keep, I don't want to play this anymore. I just wasn't interested. Like I played the first like 30 minutes and I was like, Oh God, when will this end? Like, and like, I realized they've done a lot of work to it in man. It looks way better. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like night and day. They did a really impressive, I mean, considering they had to rebuild this in 3d, a 2d game in 3d from the ground up and make it play and feel just like the original. They did a fantastic job. They did. there's, I just don't know if the source material is all as that is, is as good as I remembered it being. Maybe not. I mean, and there's a little bit of trolling I saw in the uh, in the uh, trophies, um, where one of the trophies is to get to level 99 with a hardcore character. Uh-huh. Like I don't know if you know how long that takes. I don't. No. So yeah, so a hardcore character just means if you die, it erases the character. Oh, like you, permadeath. Like you permadeath. To get from level, I'm just saying, to get from level 98. To level ninety nine, just the one level. The one level. That's between four and five thousand runs on bail. Who would ever do that? Tons of people did that back in the day. But the trophy <laughs> to get all the trophy, you want to get all the trophies or achievements in this game. You have to do. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of hours, and you have to be in a group of four playing on the hardest difficulty. Our old and show, if you, Platinum if you lose, Journey. Yeah, if you lose. <laughs> If you if you, lo- if, you have, on that. if you want to do three years of that, that would be that would be a good episode. One episode that. that takes three years. So to someone in there knows what they're doing and is trolling people by saying, "Yeah, go do this, assholes." Yeah, um, I I am more or less enjoying it. I mean, I'm playing my favorite class, which is a necromancer, um, which I feel got a little muddied in three. Like mm-hmm. he's not as fun in three for me. I like that. I can just stand there and let like all these skeleton minions just like beat the shit out of things, and I don't have to do anything. I just run back in and pick up the hell gold. let loose. Yeah, yeah. Um, the story is not particularly compelling. It's not. Um, I, it turns out a bunch of the stuff that I re- remembered fondly about Diablo two actually happened in Diablo one. <laughs> like I, I was like, "Where's that line?" Like, "Oh, that's Diablo one." Okay, uh, interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm still going through it. I'm, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff to play. We're not even talking about the other game I played this week, which is Sable. Yeah, um, and we'll talk about that next week. We have yeah. a full show this week with all the other stuff. Yeah, um, might be a good time to do that too, because maybe they'll get that first patch out. Right. Uh, but um, why? Because Sable's rough, right? Sable's now? rough. Sable's. I'm not surprised to hear that. Put it this way, uh, I can't remember ever seeing this before, but um, when I re- I reloaded the game, you know, I saved the game. And I quit out, and I did the quick resume thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I picked the game when I turned the Xbox on again, and it loaded back up. And I was standing next to an interactable object, and it loaded up. And for like one second, the interactable prompt was the E key. What? A keyboard key, an E key, and it switched to the Xbox <laughs> like like controller layout. I'm like, oh, son. <laughs> There's some there's some yeah. holes here. I am not surprised. I mean, that demo was really rough that we covered. Oh, it's wor- the, ago. the demo was better in some places. Really? Like there's stuttering in this. It was not in the demo. Wow. Um, especially when you get out in the main world. Wow. Um, 
That's a shame. We'll get to it next yeah, week. Yeah, we will. But uh, Diablo, I'm still I'm still going back to Diablo two pretty regularly if I want to just play something and put a podcast on and run around. Someone and in our chat things. basically said exactly how I feel about what I've played of it so far, and they let me see if I can find it. Um, now you're back in FIFA. Yeah, now I'm back in FIFA land. Someone basically said like playing it reminded them how much more they liked Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that a million percent. Yeah, Diablo 3, especially having gone, like started to play Diablo 2 again, Diablo 3 definitely feels like an improvement. Diablo 1 has a special place for me. And I still, I, repl- I played the remaster of Diablo 1 when that hit a couple years ago on, Blizz- on uh, Battle.net. And I still enjoy Diablo 1. This one, there's just something a little, like sterile and scattered about this one that is not holding my attention in the same way the other two do um and i'm surprised by that because i don't remember diablo 2 being like that like i played diablo 2 when it came out uh a lot people a lot, have confirmed in chat by the way that sprint was in the original yeah i don't remember that i yeah. really don't I, I don't know if i just never used it or what um but yeah it was um not uh I've been disappointed. Sneaky, I had to go at you for liking Detroit because Detroit's content is garbage, not because of the state of this game. Detroit is a fine, non-buggy, technically solid piece of shit. <laughs> David Cage is the worst writer in video games. Take <laughs> Star Wars great. away from him, for God's sake. What are you doing? <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, like this is fun. It's fine. It's too expensive for what it is. Um I wouldn't. Have, I regret buying it. I wouldn't have thought for moral reasons and for I don't. Yeah, think I wouldn't have thought that it. before I bought this, but I do. Yeah, like forty bucks should be a fair price for this, but it's not. I don't feel like it is. It feels too old still. It does. It feels archaic. It looks and not in a nostalgic way. Yeah, it doesn't look old anymore. No. It still plays, it plays old. old. Yeah, even yeah. with the you know playing, I'm playing it on PlayStation. And I do believe that the console version of Diablo 3 is the superior version because it has con- controller controls. Right. Um, they nailed that. Like the mm-hmm. con- it feels Diablo 3 feels better to play with a controller, which is an absurd thing to say, but it is true. Yeah. Um, and I thought the same thing might happen with Diablo 2. And it worked. You know, the controller controls are fine, but it doesn't help. It doesn't pull me into the game and make me feel more like I'm in control of the character like it did with Diablo 3. Going from PC to console with Diablo 3 was like a revelation. Yeah. And this is just sort of like... Also, I get lost a lot. Yeah, like I, I don't. I have the map overlaid a lot. Yeah. Well, also, I don't like that. Like the map changes when you reload it again, yeah. and like, and like I know that Diablo three does that, but it's like, I don't it know. all looks the same. I mean, even though they've upgraded the graphics, it just feels so repetitive. Yeah, the area, and like it's like, yeah, now I'm in the blood marsh, and now I'm in the the stony field. Like, how would you know? Like, right. it's all the same thing. I like know. until you get to the real next act of the area, everything is just sort of identical. Yeah, and it's. Uh, it's a slog. Yeah, I would recommend against getting this. Like if, I've had if fun. You haven't pulled the trigger yet. I yeah. Would, like I've had fun playing as much. I've had fun playing as my necromancer worth, again. Like I enjoy the necromancer still. But part of the appeal of the necromancer for me is I don't really need to do anything. Right. It's just sit back and I just, I just walk around and my guys kill things and I pick up the stuff and that's the end of it. And like that's not really playing a game. Well, it's kind of like using a. I like turrets in games. It's kind of right. the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you just set the turret down and let it do its thing and go pick up the drops basically. Yeah. And there's some like glitches here and there where like you know I've gotten caught on scenery and then warped to the other side of it to keep you know yeah. like the the glitches tend to fall in your favor like they're warping you around stuff or getting you out of stuff that you might get stuck in so like but i don't remember the original game doing stuff like that yeah um i don't either so there's a little there's a little rough edges there i'm sure those will be patched as you go through it um as, as time goes on but like 
yeah, like it's it's good. Like it's not bad. Like it's it's Diablo two, but like I, it, it mostly it just sort of taught me some things I didn't realize I thought about. <laughs> I uh, mean, look, it is the definitive version of Diablo two now. Like it would be hard for me to recommend someone play the original version first, but I wouldn't play either. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would just play Diablo 3 and wait for Diablo 4. Yeah, it feels like... It does feel kind of like if I, if you have Diablo 3, why would you go back to this? Yeah. Unless you just absolutely have to live the nostalgia goggles right. for Diablo 2 right now. And I feel if you did that, you probably played, put a 1,000 hours of your life in Diablo 2 and you don't need to do any more. And you know what else, Matt? You have a very convenient excuse to not to. Right. Morally. Yeah. Do you not be support like, you know this what? company like, if you don't have if to. If I'm on the fence about this and I'm looking for a tiebreaker, there you go. You know, the things that Activate or Blizzard, more than Activision Blizzard, but Blizzard had done behind the scenes over the last decade, really. Um, so if you're looking for a reason to not buy it, other than Matt and I, seems like both of us recommending you to not buy it. Um, I mean, I think, I, I think I'm liking it more than you, but I still feel like 40 bucks was a lot for what I ended up getting. Does Blizzard ever discount its games? Yeah, sometimes. Can you get them cheaper? I mean, okay. it takes a while, but yeah. I've, I've, they've done sales sometimes, I think, yeah. Okay. I mean, Diablo 3... That that you know the bundle of, of it with the necromancer like that goes on sale for like ten bucks. Oh, that's regularly. right. You're like, right. Yep, that's true. So it might take a while, but I'm sure you'll be able to get this for cheaper eventually. Yep. So there you go. That's Diablo Two Resurrected, um, available for pretty much everything except for Switch. Um, Forty bucks, I say pass. But again, I literally hardly played it. I did play the crap out of Diablo Two back in the day. Uh, I did not play this very much, but that should tell you something that. I'm someone who played a lot of Diablo 2 when it came out initially, and I really struggled to get through this. Uh, Matt, a little more receptive to it, uh, but even he says that 40 bucks is a little bit too much. Um, and again, if you're on the fence, oh, he says Diablo 2 is on Switch. Okay. Yeah, it's on everything. Oh, I, I didn't think it was a Switch game, which is I'm not surprised it can run on Switch, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I should have figured that out. So Vincent says it is on Switch as well. Um, well, actually, everyone says it's on Switch as well. Thanks, guys. Uh, but yeah, neither, neither one of us are over the moon about this. No, I think if you're like some crazy Diablo two psycho who's played the fir- the, the original for five thousand, who got to like mm-hmm. that who did level. get the hardcore. Right. Now, if you, if you want to do that, like maybe that's maybe <laughs> that is a game for you. Out. Yep. But otherwise, I think uh, probably you should steer clear or at least wait until a price drop. All right, it's time for name that game. I was disappointed in myself last week. Like, I thought I could make it through all the clues before you guys guessed fear. Stickers already went out. That guy's actually in California who won last week. Hmm. Uh, for those who don't, how, don't know how Name That Game works, I will give you a series of clues. You need to try to guess the name of the game before that guy. And uh, that guy's pretty good. So you're going to need to be on it. You're totally free to use Google. I write these clues assuming that you will use Google to try to get the answer. Um, I think that's how people got it last week, though, was using Google. I think we made it to, what, the third clue before someone got it last week? Something like that. Yeah, which was better than the week before. Last week? No, he got it after the first clue, but right as you were reading the second, the second one. one. That's correct. But he would have had to have typed it in before that's you correct. read the second yep. one. So, yeah, I am doing terrible at this. I'm trying. I'm but like I said, best. part of that was process of elimination because everybody had named every other survival horror game Yep. that had ever come out by that point, and that was one of the only ones left. Yep. And again, if you're new to I this... I forgot about Fear. I really... I don't know if I ever... I would have gotten it with some of the more explicit clues later, but I haven't yeah. thought about that series in forever. That's what I'm trying to do, though. I'm trying to find franchises that aren't just like Ocarina of Time or whatever, because those will be too easy. And in all, in all honesty, 
too hard to make good clues for. Uh, so anyway, also if you're new to this, you may be wondering, like, wait a minute, how can we compete against Matt? We're on the Twitch chat, and, you know, Matt is right there, and even if I think of it before him, he can answer it before it comes through the chat. All ties are given to our chat. In fact, I give you even a little more leeway than that. So if Matt guesses it, I'll look at our chat, and I'll give you guys a few beats to answer. And if it doesn't come through... Then I give it to Matt. We've really not had any close calls yet, though. No, which is odd. Like I really first one a little bit, but it, it, it I really came thought in that soon. would be a problem, but it, so far it hasn't been. Um, so anyway, that's how it works. And you, if no matter where you live, you can win. So I don't. I, we've sent stickers already to Portugal. And by the way, if you beat Matt, you get a set of six sifted stickers that we. I can't believe I said that without stumbling. That's definitely a, a tongue twister. Uh, that we will send anywhere in the world. Um, doesn't matter where you live. And if you do win, just send us a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM um, on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send me a DM on Sifted. I'm at Shane. Uh, you can just message us on Patreon, whatever. Just do whatever you can to get at us, and we'll get those stickers out to you right away if you win. And I think with that, we have everything locked down and ready to go for Name That Game. Let's bring up the chat here on screen so people can see. And we're ready for the first clue. All right, you ready, Matt? Mm-hmm. First clue. Make a point of playing this game online. MechWarrior 2? No. <laughs> See if anyone in chat has any guesses. It was a make a point. I said make a point of playing this game online. Titanfall, no. Hawkins a good guess. Hawkins, that is a good guess from Veritas. No, but you're wrong. Robotech Battlecry. Robotech Battlecry, no. <laughs> more Hawkins, more Titanfall. Nope. All right, I'll move to the second clue. No anime required. Hmm. Armored Core is a good call. Not Armored Core. Not Mech Commander, not Mech Arena, not Gundam Versus. Vincent says, I think I might know this. Vincent, you can't win. Vincent <laughs> works for us on Sifted. He can't win. He's already got a ton of stickers. I already sent them to him, I think twice. Metal Gear Revenge, no. Steel Battalion, no. Steel Battalion's a good, good That's a call. Good guess That's too. a good guess, But I probably already made a clue about like the whole like peripheral by this at this right, point. Right, yeah. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, no. Zone of the Enders, no. Battletech, no. MechWarrior Online, no. He's not going to ask me a Transformers question. Are you kidding? All right. Here we go. We're going to go to the third question. We make it into the third question. Most will never guess where this game comes from. Hmm. Transformers, no. Armor Core, no. World of Tanks, <laughs> no. All right, we may make it to the fourth clue on one of these. World of Tanks, no. Battletech, no. Playland, you missed the clues. The first clue was mech a point of playing this game online. The second clue was no anime required. The third clue was most will never guess where this game comes from. Not Steel Battalion. That's like the tenth time someone guessed Steel Battalion. Zone of the Enders, no. Cyberbots, no. Mobile Suit Gundam Maxi Boost, no. All right, here we go. We got to the fourth clue. I'm very excited mm -hmm. for this. Here's the fourth clue. 
And this one will give it away, I think. At least for, I think, people in the chat. Chrome Hounds? Yep. That's it. There you go. GX Gear got it. It's Chrome Hounds. <laughs> nice job. Here's a round of applause for you, GX Gear. I think they just got to the point where they had just looked at Google and like mm-hmm. that was no, that's the only mech game. Nah, I, I I I did play that back in the day. It's like yeah, because the online should have given away given it away because that's the only way to play that game. Well, here are the last two clues. Um, and this one I think would have given it away for people who can use Google. Who let the dogs out? Sega let the dogs out. Mm-hmm. And then the final clue was that bumper sure is shiny. Right. And by then someone had definitely got it. So that's it. Chrome Hounds. And, yeah, so let me go through the other clues here. Mecha point of playing this game online. That's self-explanatory. No anime required. I knew that that would help people chop out a bunch of games that they may be guessing. Most will never guess where this game comes from. From. From software. Yep. Most people don't know that's a From Software game. It was an Xbox exclusive. So that Armored Core guess was closer than anything, right? Yep, it was the closest, yeah. So there you go, Chrome Hounds. GX Gear, congratulations. Nice job. Um, you guys can start putting questions in chat. We're actually going to do some Q&A today. Uh, just make sure you go at Sifted Games with your questions. Um, GX Gear, send us a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send uh, a message on Patreon. Or you can send me a DM on Sifted at Shane. And uh, we'll get them out to you right away. Oh, here comes JM Rain making it rain, gifting a bunch of Tier 1 subs to our chat. Just another reason why you should show up here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames because we give out free tier one subs. Well, we don't. JM Rain does. Uh, we have a couple other guys who do it as well. Thank you, JM Rain. That's really awesome, man. We appreciate it. Uh, Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's flipping awesome. 39 months in a row. Awesome, dude. Thank you. Uh, there are very few people who have streaks like that going because... When I had my medical situation earlier in the year, we didn't do game phase for almost a whole month. Mm-hmm. And most people ended up losing their streaks there. I'm sorry that that happened. but So that means that you went on your own volition and just went and subscribed, even though we weren't asking you to or there was no prompt. So thank you, Slagathor. That's awesome. Um, Surf Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, Cody S. Carter, thank you for Twitch Prime. You guys are all awesome. Oh, he's 32 months. Sir Spider, 14 months. Wow, you guys all have some good streaks going. Uh, okay, let's get to some questions. First up from Sneaky Shalad Shanaik. With Nixies being sold and now rumors of Crystal, where does this leave Tomb Raider? Didn't those two teams make the latest trilogy? What's Nixies? I don't know. Was Nix- Wait, Nixies is that port house, isn't it? That works on like know. PC ports? I don't know what Nixies is. Yeah, I don't, I don't get your question, Sneaky. Because I thought, I thought Montreal made shadow that wasn't what did they do the majority of work i believe so yeah yeah shadow of the tomb raider uh crystal dynamics uh, they've only made what one tomb raider in the last 10 years or something? i mean they made they made the the they made legacy or anniversary or whatever and the and legend they made anniversary and legends and then they did the reboot and then they did rise Okay. Um, and then montreal took over montreal worked on rise but then montreal took over or the shadow. majority of shadow yeah um, and then because Crystal Dynamics had moved over to Avengers. Maybe we can still um, answer his question, though. Didn't those two teams make the latest trilogy? Eh, I mean, so he's asking what's, hap- what's going to happen with Tomb Raider. I mean, that's legitimate. Yeah, I mean, I think there will. Pro- I think there probably is another Tomb Raider bubbling in Crystal Dynamics back, back burner somewhere, but probably not being targeted until the release of the next movie, which I think is like 2024. Yeah, I've already started seeing some stuff about yeah. that. So 
So I, w- I would keep an eye on the movie to see when they probably intend to start we'll moving on dictate. that again. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. EDH420. Uh, what's the one game that would be absolute torture for you if you had to play one game over and over for the rest of your life? Detroit, become human. FIFA 22. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Diablo 2. We had a, help, a heaping helping of these types of games in uh, the show today. I mean, in all honesty, any game would be that if you had to play it yeah, over and over again for the rest of your life. I can't think of any game I would want to play for the rest of my life. No. Like, it would. I can't think of a game I want to play for the rest of the week. Like, maybe like Tetris. No. I'm just, I don't like Tetris. I'm just grasping at straws. Like, no, there's nothing. There's nothing that I would want to. It would have to be something that always was different. Yeah, there's nothing. Like puzzle games. That's like, it. I guess it would have to be like some kind of multiplayer thing or like something like that. Yeah, it would have to be something that would change because like of human, human elements or something. But I don't even like that. I don't even. Fi- I find that repetitive too. I mean, so. I love shooters, and I can't think of a single shooter I'd want to play for the rest of my no. life. I, I rarely play the same game three days in a row. Right. You know, like yeah. it's, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, any game would be torture after uh, that amount of time. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, from Vincent. Nintendo did the use third-party studios to help with Smash and Fire Emblem, and those turned out well. Why are you worried about Perfect Dark doing the same thing? Wait a minute. Use third-party studios to help with Smash and Fire Emblem. I mean, third-party studios made Smash and Fire Emblem. Uh, I don't think it's the exact same thing where they had assigned that to a, a an internal studio an internal studio and then they brought they in, in outside help, help. to That's, bail them out yeah yeah usually with Nintendo of course the other way they give something to Namco and then they have to do it themselves yeah it's also different because that was the plan with those games this wasn't the plan the initiative was supposed to create perfect dark and something happened along the way that made them figure out or decide they can't do it they're gonna need help that's the difference I think it's pretty obvious um, Norix Nessie 94 would you be against us submitting a game for you to offer name that game along the clues along with the clues and if you use it give them stickers as well no <laughs> I mean I, yes I would be against it <laughs> it's like I've been doing this for six weeks it's hard to write the questions like relying on somebody else to do it when I know how difficult it is I just don't want to rely on that and then get to go to do the show and like it doesn't work um so yeah i just would prefer to stay away from that um i don't think that you guys can't do it or you wouldn't come up with great clues it's just not worth the risk in my opinion uh gs gear thank you for subscribing with twitch prime and in exchange we're gonna send you some freaking stickers um zet saber juno and fifa 22 can you fake injuries Hmm. (laughs) uh uh yeah they come out with the spray that can fix broken bones and repair torn acls yeah that's that is my biggest issue with soccer is that how they fake that they're like dying. Mm-hmm. And then they come out and they have a little aerosol spray. They spray it on their leg and they spring up and they run down yeah, the back team does wonders <laughs> these days. I have, you know, that is my biggest problem with soccer. My, so my friend, someone I went to high school with her dad, uh, was an inventor. He invented the quartz part of the quartz crystal that goes in every single LCD Whoa. thing that's ever been made. Oh my God. But at one point he invented a, uh, an antiseptic spray that did not sting like it was just as effective as like bactine and things like that but it didn't sting and no one would make it because in focus tests people didn't think it was working they thought it wasn't because working. it didn't hurt <laughs> wow maybe they need to take that approach with the vaccines yeah for the people who won't get it maybe they need to put something in there that just makes it painful or I something you just got to put it in the horse paste and <laughs> it solves itself i just let me eat it <laughs> that's great 
Um, can you fake injuries in FIFA 22? I'm not expert enough to maybe answer that, <laughs> but um, that is my biggest problem with soccer is how they fake injuries. Uh, Cinetike says Nixes. Yeah, I think that is the PC Porthouse. Uh, Playland MX, will there be a yearly Sifted Summit like back then to know where Sifted is and what is planned on the roadmap? That's not a bad idea. We haven't done one of those in like, we did not do one last year um, because of the pandemic and blah, 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 which really is a lame excuse because mm-hmm. the, the summits are virtual anyway. Um, but yeah, we didn't do one last year. We had done one, I think, every year before that. But yes, I am open to bringing it back and we need it because we got to figure something out, folks, because our Patreon is hurting like hurting like if you're watching us on youtube and you've been waiting for that moment to like contribute to our patreon now's a really good time just saying uh but yeah i'll look into it and obviously if we do have the summit set up um i will announce it here on the show and we'll message it on itsifted.net and on our patreon and blah 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 to make sure you guys can all participate because it is valuable and i should have done it last year and i didn't so i'm sorry uh, Wood Metals, first time chat from a viewer. <laughs> and that's worthy of bringing him up on screen. There he is, Wood Metals. That's a great name. First time chat from viewer. Welcome to Game Face, and we hope you'll come back. Um, Shane, you talked about The Walking Dead. What did you both think of the original comic run? So I never read the, the novels at all. Mm-hmm. I have only watched the show, um, <laughs> which has been has presented issues throughout the run of the show because – Back when people cared about The Walking Dead, lots of people who read the comics would spoil what was going to happen before Mm -hmm. it happened in the show, and that used to drive me crazy. Luckily, past about season three, nobody cared. None of that made any difference. The farm seemed to call pretty much eighty percent of the show's audience. Diverged so much from the comic that there was nothing you couldn't spoil anything anymore, really. Yeah. So, except for like a couple major major plot beats they did take from the comic but then like they happen in the show rather differently nah. so yeah <coughs> the farm seemed to kill that show yeah when I they ha- went to Herschel's farm that's yeah. when everyone seemed to just fall off I, well, when, I have stuck was, with it when was that like eight years ago or something Se- was that season two or something three I think it was three. yeah I gave up in this I think it was the second episode of season two where they were wow. trying, trying to drag the cor- the zombie out of the well and like they spend the, there's like a subplot of the episode, and like they spend the whole time trying to drag the zombie out of the well so they can drink the water in the well. And they're like, "Don't damage it, don't break the zombie, or like it'll contaminate the well." I'm like, "It's a corpse in the well. It's <laughs> already contaminated." Like I, and it's like they, as they try to pull it out with a rope, it breaks in half, and all its guts fall into the, <laughs> in a well. And they're like, "Oh, now we can't drink." I'm like, "You never could drink the water, you idiots." That stuff happens all the time. I, just, I, I really hated that show. Um, I love the comic. I read the yeah. comic com- like front to back uh, twice. Just the I fact think it's very, that very like good. people. Just fall down all the time. Yeah, I mean I, that happens in if, every horror look, movie. Look, if you if you ever want to remake The Walking Dead and just follow the comic issue to the to the letter, yeah. I will watch that because yeah. that is a much better story than the I crap mean, they put on that. All TV zombie show. stuff is absurd. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. it got better whenever they had the fast moving zombies. Like, yeah, but that the, made it a little more realistic. But the realistic. trick of the of the comic is it's not about the zombies. Right, it's about the people. About the people. They are the Walking Dead. I mean, they try, right. They try, they've tried to do that with the show, but. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they ever got there. I am one of the few sticking around and still watching it, and I just watched it last night. Did you watch so. the uh, the one that takes place in D.C.? Um, is that called Walking Dead? Uh, is that the one with the kids in it? Maybe. It was recent. It was like premiered last year. Yeah, or I honestly watched the first half of the first episode and never watched it again because mm-hmm. the kid actors were too bad. They were just bad. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's but uh, the lead in one of my short films is a major character in that. Oh, one. 
Well, I'm sorry. That's not your fault. <laughs> well, I said they're bad actors. So. Well, he's an adult. He's, uh, not, okay. he's not one of the kids. I'm talking about the kid actors. Yeah, yeah they're very bad in that. So I have not watched much of it. Um, Eth Demon, do you think Square should sell Crystal Dynamics to Microsoft? Hmm. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that is kind of like they wouldn't take Tomb Raider with them. Right. So you'd be sort of leaving Tomb Raider hanging in the wind for whoever honest, Square put, you know. Crystal Dynamics hasn't been exactly barfing out the new IP. No. <laughs> it's basically been making Tomb Raider for 20-some years. Like, if you're not going to get Tomb Raider with that deal, why do I would it? not do it. Like, I would want to... If I bought Crystal Dynamics, I would want to get Tomb Raider and Legacy of Kane. I mean, like, the only reason it. you would buy them would be to, like... Use them as like a port like, like a support point. thing, and yeah. they're not going to want to do that. They, no. yeah, I would say. I no. mean, Square might want the money, but like it wouldn't be good for Crystal Dynamics. I mean, that's the crappy part is Crystal Dynamics may not have any say. Yeah, I don't. They don't. Well. I don't think they get to make that call. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't think Square will sell them, even though they always say they're disappointed in Tomb Raider after it sells like 13 million copies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? It's Tomb Raider. Like that's about as good as games sell that aren't Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto. That's just where it is, where we're at. Mm-hmm. God of War sold sold what eighteen or something like. It's just the way it is. I don't. I think Square Enix is just unrealistic. Um, Ed Rock the Truth. How much would you pay for Switch Online if they added GameCube games? I don't know. I, guess I mean, like, it, you could add another ten bucks a year to that. I mean, it depends on what the games are. Yeah, they give me Eternal well Darkness run, and... and if they're actually if they look better than they did on GameCube, yeah. if they run in HD or at least seven twenty p. Stuff like that would matter. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do some. But you could get more money out of me for that, for sure. For Especially sure, you put like Rogue Leader in there, and yeah, there's a bunch uh, of stuff. Original Pikmin, yeah, some of the rare stuff. Eternal Darkness, there's make tons make of it stuff. so people don't have to hunt down a copy of Cubivore. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would argue there's probably more games worth getting on a service for GameCube than N64. Yeah. Certainly yeah. more that holds up. Today. That would hold up. Yeah. Uh, good question, Ed Rock. The truth. Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. What's an obscure N64 game you'd like to be added to Nintendo Switch Online? Mine would be Mischief Makers. That's really good. Or Ogre Battle 64. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Person of lordly caliber. Say the yeah, subtitle. Yeah, exactly. The that was person. one of my first reviews at Tech TV. Yeah. First was Grandia 2, but that was like the second or third one. And uh, I played that whole damn game. Well, Animal Leader is a pretty crazy game. Yeah, Animal Leader is a good call. Um, <laughs> not, it was called I mean, Cuba. I mean, mine. Here, but... We mentioned a few. I mean, mine would probably be Body Harvest. Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a few good ones in there. Like I said, Aiden, we actually we did name a bunch of them. Aiden already. Chronicles is a is a weird sort of mediocre RPG that'd be interesting. It required the expansion pack and still ran like crap. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see that on an emulation or like a you know in the Switch and running more smoothly without weird. That game had load times. It was. Yeah, <laughs> it was a cartridge a game that had load yeah. times. We, I think um, we we listed a bunch like Hybrid Heaven. Yeah, it's like a fist of cuff driven yeah. RPG. Rocket Robot on Wheels would be my number one. Yeah. pick of obscure N sixty four games for sure, along with Body Harvest. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Um, Erebus Jones. It was reported today Microsoft has put aside a billion dollars for Game Pass deals. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. If you were Phil Spencer, what three realistic games would you rush to sign with? Realistic. The money? I don't know about realistic. Grand Theft Auto. Just give six. it the whole billion. Give him a billion dollars for it. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. Imagine if you locked down that exclusive with a billion dollars. You might be able to. Yeah. Would it be worth it? I don't know, but it sure would be fun to try to see it happen. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, well, 
Man. That would be, that would some hard That ball. is megaton. Yeah. Like, I wish I had a sound of an explosion to play right now because that would be megaton. Yep. If you money had it a billion dollars yep. to Rockstar to get GTA 6 exclusive for a year. And it would yeah. probably be worth it. Yeah. That's the crazy part. I don't know if it'd be worth it to Rockstar, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in the long run, probably if you make they may it like, ask for you, more. If you make it like a like a year, right? A time exclusive. Time exclusive. Man, for a billion dollars, I'd ask for more than a year. Yeah, at but at the two. same time, like God, Rockstar may not do it. You'd sell a lot of Xboxes. You would just out of desperation. That's an interesting question. Yeah, that's the big one for sure. Um, what other third party games are even in that discussion? Really, I don't like know. Call I guess like Call of Duty. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you could talk to Rockstar about like Red Dead 3 or something mm-hmm. like that, something coming down the pipe. But yeah, a billion dollars. You're probably smarter to spread that out spread that a 100 a million at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you do that, you could get 10 big games. And do you think that's better than having one big one like GTA? I don't know. Like GTA is kind of a special case. Uh-huh. And like just the, imagine if you had to own an Xbox to play GTA 6. Yeah. Like that is, that is having the gaming world over a barrel in a way that probably nobody else ever has. Yeah. yeah. Like that's just a bunch of Insta sold consoles right oh, yeah. there. Millions of them. Yeah. Millions of them. Yeah. Like tens of. Them. Even if you only get a year, of timed exclusive. That would be tough. The only thing holding you back is how many games game consoles you can make. Yeah. That would be the limiting factor is how many Xboxes you can ship. Yeah. It yep. would probably be a pretty irresponsible use of money, but like. <laughs> It sure would be an interesting experiment, wouldn't it? It would be. That's a really good question, though. It's yeah. an interesting question, I think. Um, let's see if we got one more. You know, any from Yakov226, any wishes or hopes for TGS? <laughs> um, uh, I, lost I my wish hopes and I TG. hope that it actually happens yeah, or and no one gets sick. Or that anything is shown. Or anything bad happens. Um, I don't know. I mean, are they doing TGS? Is it in person? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. I mean, that... I mean, I know that must be happening soon, I guess, this that week. That kind of speaks it? volumes, though, doesn't it? Yeah, that but we... TGS has not been relevant for years. Yeah. Really. That I mean, that's what I'm saying. It speaks volumes. It is, TGS has just really fallen off. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think, though. Really think about it instead of just brushing it off. Um, I mean... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> TGS is just really irrelevant. It's like anything that's shown there has usually just been shown at Gamescom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very mobile focused. Even the Japanese publishers at this point don't really set aside stuff just for no. TGS anymore. It's just a, it's more of like to so the public can go and experience right. it. You know, and so play the games. It's become almost like a PAX. It's like, kind of yeah, thing in it's that like a cultural thing. Because, yeah. um, you know, the public is always allowed in there. There's no like press days at Tokyo Game Show. Um, and you go out, like, the hallways between the big halls. There's just all this cosplay mm-hmm. going on and smoking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of smoking Always and cosplay. Smoking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, TGS, it really has fallen in stature over the last 10 years, really. Um, but I can't think of any, like, Japanese-developed games because Nintendo doesn't go. PlayStation goes, but... Usually they just show really Japan-centric games that may mm. or may not ever even be released in the West. So it's really hard to think of anything. Yeah, I don't really have any expectations for TGS at this point. Yeah, I don't either. It's like anything that we get out of there now is like a bonus. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Um, unfortunately, that's just kind of where we're at with Tokyo Game Show. It would be nice if things would change. And um, 
it would come around to something worth attending again. I mean, I couldn't imagine spending the money to go to TGS now. It's like a, no. an organization or a publication. I mean, I even remember back in like 2007 being there and we're like, you know, the third day we're standing there like, there's nothing to do. We went in 2012. That was the last year we covered it at mm-hmm. GT. And um, by the morning of the second day, I was like, this was a mistake. Yeah. It was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made working at GT was going to TGS that year. Yeah, like we had st- I mean, I think I think to the end we sent like one producer and a and a satellite host something you know, like not yeah. like Morgan and Adam but like one of the correspondents for like a day, like two days or something. Mm-hmm. And then like they'd be there another few days to do like Japan stuff to get yeah. like enough st- enough segments to co- to make it worth the trip. But like yeah, it was it was a non-entity by by the late 2000s. In 2012 it was Burly. It was bad. Okay, that's going to do it for Game Face episode 272. Don't forget, we need questions for Pactor Factor right now. Uh, you can head to sifted.net. There's a link in the header. There's a link on the homepage right now where you can ask questions. Um, we'll we'll post the stuff on Twitter once I get out of here and I get home and I can retweet all that stuff. Uh, you can also go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash siftedgames. Click the community tab, and there's a place right there for you to ask questions as well. Please get them in. Without you guys, there is no Pactor Factor. Um, If you're listening to this on any of the podcast services out there, and we're on all of them, um, or if you're watching on YouTube because you can't afford to contribute on our Patreon, you're getting it four or five days late, depending on whether you pay attention on Sundays or not. Most people tend to watch Game Face on Monday on YouTube because we publish it on Sunday. Uh, But if you're on any of those services or you're on YouTube and you want to help us, you can do it for free uh, with Twitch Prime. If you're on YouTube, it's down in the description. Uh, if you're listening uh, to the show on any podcast service, basically you just need to link your Twitch account with your Amazon Prime account, and then you just go to our channel, which is twitch.tv siftedgames, and subscribe. And you give us a free $2.50 every month. We really need it. We rely on that revenue. Even if you're a patron, even if you're a subscriber on Sifted, do it as well. Um, our Patreon is beat up right now, and we really need help. The month is about to turn over, and we got to pay rent for our brand new studio. Uh, so anyway, follow Matt on Twitter at mkyle. You can find me on Twitter at dinfire, and Matt is m k e i l by the way. And if you're just kind of consuming our content for free, you want to know when everything's happening with the site. Make sure you follow the website at Sifted Games on Twitter as well. Um, and we'll be back next week. Bunch of big games coming out. I think it's going to be borderline whether I get to talk about Far Cry Six or not. I think I'm getting review code today or tomorrow for it. Uh, but I'm not sure when the embargo is yet. So mm-hmm. that might be on next week's show. We'll see. It's going to be close because the show's on the 5th. The game comes out on Friday the 8th. So it all depends. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft is weird. Sometimes they give you like five days before release embargo. Sometimes it's like day of. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks, everybody, on Twitch for hanging out, asking great questions, and playing Name That Game. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Faces up and out. <laughs>